Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. nothing like realizing just you know the passage of time like looking at other people and how cruel it's been to them and then contrasting that with yourself like man Hugh Jackman dude looks like shit wow I just was not expecting that he's a goddamn Wolverine though Wolverine's supposed to look pretty messed up Apparently, I'm the goddamn Wolverine. I don't know how many times I got told at PAX, like, dude, why aren't you cosplaying as him, brah? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you were you were in Boston. I was like, that accent's stupid. Oh, wait, you're in Boston. Sorry, Boston people. No, uh, I wasn't even trying to do a Boston accent, per se. More a like a barfly dude, accent. Dude, bro. Dude, brah. Impression, yeah. Dude, brah. I don't um, know. I mean, I, I think, yeah... Eventually, that kind of role is going to wear on you to the point where, like, you start looking the part. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Johnny Depp always looks like a fucking goddamn pirate weirdo all the time now because he played Jack Sparrow so often. It's like, oh, fuck it. Now he always looks like Jack Sparrow. Johnny Depp looks like Tim Burton's imagination, like, realized. (laughs) I I, I really think think Johnny Depp just is Tim Burton at this point. I, I think they just molded into one person now. They just exist as a single Maybe Tim Burton's been you. dead this whole time and Johnny Depp's just been ghostwriting oh, his existence. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you really don't see Tim Burton, do you? Really that often? Nope. He's, oh, no. I, mm. The last time I saw him, he was like with Humma Bohan Carter. And by the looks of things, I think she ate him. So Yeah, yeah, over time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Slowly. He's absorbed him. <laughs> I can't wait for that movie to come out. I, you know what? I'm I'm fully on board with this. You are correct. She was uh, snacking on some Burton. <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll watch that movie. That'd you be know cool. what really has stood the test of time, though? Mm. Fucking Game Boy! <laughs> yes, it has. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm getting these segues down to a science. You could throw that thing into a goddamn nuclear vat, and it would still just come back cool, ready to go, play Tetris, get, whatever. Get that uh, little blingy sound when you turn it on, and away Oof. you go. Yes. Did you guys know that there is a uh, Game Boy within the Nintendo Museum in New York that apparently the one uh, got blew up? Yeah, it's been yeah. like through the Gulf War and shit, mm-hmm. and yeah. like they just keep it plugged in constantly, playing Tetris, and it's still working. You could, you could like That's go it. and get one right That's now. It still has the same AA batteries in it from you know years ago. How how many? I, Sam Goody. I want to uh, build a house out of Game Boys. That'd be fantastic. It would take like take like four or five of them. You should be good to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just use them as the cornerstones, and that's it. Your, your house house <laughs> yep. is indestructible. Game Boy advances your roof. No. Done. <laughs> yeah, the SP is would... on, on the uh, on like the peak of it. You know, Fold, and like over. lately too, like uh, I've been skateboarding again, and one of my favorite memories uh, growing up as a dumb child was uh, 
we would take my Game Boy camera and that's what we'd use to capture like us skating. Oh, like shit. anytime we were doing like flat ground tricks or sick, sick nose grind. Print that shit out, man. Print it out and print it out and make a small flip book. Out of we it. had to go to Blockbuster, but we got them printed. Nice. Um, <laughs> fucking yeah. But I'm so sad, dude. Like the Game Boy camera fucking totally batteries are dead. Did not hold on to any of the pictures. And you know what? I'm going to make a film with a Game Boy camera, plug it into a GameCube, and use a capture device. It would constantly just be pointing up. No, I'd just hold the GameCube, that's all. You would just hold the GameCube? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> use its Barty Purse handle? <laughs> exactly. There's a reason that's there. Oh, dude, you sound like somebody who would like fucking do camera work for Keith Apicary. I would do it. Uh, you I know should tell him. Uh, he, should, he should hire me. That'd be great. Nathan? Nathan, we will do it. I mean, I will. I will film a documentary of your life with the Game Boy camera. We're not. We are, have not been any. Like I can assure you, we're not strangers to getting kicked out of any public area. That, that's for certain. That's right. And you I know, once I, urinated in a mall. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Whoa! That just came out of nowhere. I may I be so brash as to say I didn't think you had it in you. Uh, well, I didn't after I was done. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zing. You know what's funny Zing. is that yeah, just Zing got indeed. let back into uh, one of our neighborhood's Taco Bells. Funny enough, uh, from the same <laughs> shit, coincidentally that we pulled while skating, because uh, like one of our favorite pastimes is we would go inside and we would get all the border sauce that we could. We just stuff our pockets, and then uh, you guys remember payphones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember, remember those payphones. Yeah, yeah. So what we would do is we would just smear border sauce, like just smear that shit all over the receivers, like. We would fucking like, mm, like, right in the ear. we would like just money shot those phones. <laughs> and, then, uh. and then basically what we do is there are these tall bushes within the parking lot, like super tall, like Friday the 13th, like, <laughs> like you could just sink in them and sink back without them. So this is exactly what we did. And we would just wait for people to walk past the pay phones. And then the moment they walk past it, we would call the pay phone and then wait for them to answer and just get. Shit. Sure enough. Did you uh, film it with a Game Boy camera? <sighs> no, I wish. That's a shame. I know. Missed I would totally use right? that picture as like the fucking Face Raiders uh, face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, Game yeah. Boy. So good. Game Boy camera. Well, I actually, funny enough, I spent $3 and I downloaded 2-bit camera and, and ripped off just because like I, I was looking for an app. I, I could have only assumed like there's got to be an app ios that emulates a game boy camera and it just does pictures it doesn't do Shrimp. film oh it's fucking mad i would have i would have instagrammed the shit out of some pseudo game boy camera kickflips like can you imagine <laughs> game boy game boy camera fucking lines amazing oh dude can, can we just do that can we just like fucking get a jump on that yeah we, uh, yeah i, I, I think I'll, we I'll should be on the ground that, level that should be our vine. The press pause radio vine will be filmed in nothing but Game Boy camera. We're breaking ground on that. I'm yes. serious. Or either that, or I'm just going to carry a Game Boy with me the entire time and just zoom my fucking phone <laughs> on the Game Boy screen and try to get. That's it. Just try to fu- just like just <laughs> ankle fuck that thing, dude. All right. Press pause radio. You had me until <laughs> ankle fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was good till then. I was like, eh, uh, okay, no, no I'm, good. I'm off the train I'll, now. I'm backing out. <laughs> okay, well, um, yeah, episode eighty-five. 
but we're going to talk about the Game Boy because it turned 25. We're going to share some memories. We're going to get personal. And by the end of it, we might just learn Andrew a thing or two about his ankles. I I really hope not. They're already kind of messed up as is. <clears throat> Sultry. Damn, sure. dude, he, he put some stink on the end of that. He did, he did, yeah. man. He, he he got he got a little key sweat on that. You like? I it. like it. <laughs> someone like, look up key. Someone look up key sweat. He's an R and B singer. Go look him up. <laughs> oh, dude, wait, hold on. Oh man, there was an R and B singer that I was just thinking about too. That was just uh, that was just like uh, I think he was he was like one of the dudes from Boys to Men that like struck it out on his own. And then that's it. You never really heard or saw from him again. Oh, yeah. No, because, yeah, I remember it used to be four of them. And then the old dude with the cane left, and he's been gone ever since. Now it's just like the three other guys. Well, I don't know. He went men to geezers. Funny enough, uh, though, um, at first it was all meant to be ironic, but now I'm actually kind of digging it because the the rhymes aren't that bad. But uh, I put on... Because I've been, like Andrew News, I've been on this wrestling kick lately. Yes. I really have, and it's great. Um, I'm just like I'm embracing like a part of myself that like was long buried in the early 2000s. Like fucking almost 14 years later, I'm just like yeah, and I'm totally into it. But I went overboard and I said fuck it because like I'm I I as James would put it, I don't know how to spend real world money, and he's right. Mm. Don't. It sounds like me too. Yeah. Yes, but I bought Randy Savage's rap album. Oh God, be a man! <laughs> shit, you bought that? <laughs> yeah, I, I bought it, it. It's just a, it's just a whole rap album about him talking shit about Hogan. Yeah, it's like <laughs> oh, you're a coward. Yeah, uh, dude. But and what's funny is that like I because I just found out about it. I found out that not only that he did that uh, a record, but apparently New Jack fucking did. Oh it too. God! And like that guy's a worthless human being. I just thought he fucking died. But apparently not. He's still you can't you can't kill that guy. He's jumped off buildings. He don't give a shit. Yeah, no, that guy fucking haunts the living, alive. Yeah, the truth. He's oh man, but yeah, I man, I I I, would, I, I just want to share some of those beats with you guys though. Like, dude, those slick rhymes. Like, I never knew that fucking Macho Man had it in him. Like, I'm trying to remember <laughs> what would what's like a sweet sweet lick like other than he calls Hogan. A coward. I love. I love that. Like he, the way he rhymes, coward though is like. I just can't imagine he did that whole album on his own. I, I like most wrestlers when they write, when they, well when they like write biographies, they are they're always ghost written. I'm sure that was like ghost rhymed by someone else. He just happened to like be on the cover of it. You know. I don't think so. I oh, really man. think that was because like, dude, no one would no one would fucking rhyme that shit. No one would rhyme that shit unless they're insanely out of touch. With what rap is supposed to be, which is what Macho Man would have been if he did a rap album. Exactly, like he pretty and much that's nailed it. Yeah, beauty of it. It's so real and yet so bad. Mm. Like it's like the power <laughs> glove. 
of fucking like <laughs> celebrity rapping. Oh god. All right. If you can think of one celebrity right now that would have no business rapping, who would that celebrity be? I've got it right now on the tip of my tongue, on the back of my mind. Nicholas Cage. Ooh. Oh, that'd be amazing. Good. That guy doesn't have he doesn't even have any business acting. See, that's what I'm trying to say, right? Oh, I hate that. He has no excuse. I fucking hate that man. I and like I can't get into detail, but let's just say it, in keeping it as sparse as possible, I had a personal interaction with him for realsies, not making it up. And also, I wish it was for take backsies because he was a fucking piece of shit. Like never before have I have I met someone speaking of out of touch who is completely like deluded over his image and like any sort of fucking vision of grandeur over what a quote unquote <laughs> career in Hollywood would be. Motherfucker, Tinseltown wouldn't even fucking take you if you were handing out free samples at the fucking Costco in the corner. You stupid son of a bitch. Well, game. folks, I win. Yeah. yeah. No, I because <laughs> hold on. I was going to you got to hear my rebuttal. Howie yeah. Mandel. Oh. I think that, oh. Yeah, well. exactly. I think that dude's like so close to rapping. Um, fucking funny enough. A uh, friend of mine, his wife, she works as a server, has nothing to do. We'll steer it back to wrestling. Uh, I got I, I, I got to see Ken Shamrock in person nice. and his time not treated that guy probably not but he has an excuse he got hit in the head a lot yeah yeah fucking he got hit with a lot a lot mm-hmm. anyway let's let, let's steer this thing back on course so yours sure. truly georgia boy zacks and then to my right we got andrew hi andrew hey hey um if i could pick someone that shouldn't be rapping at all as an actor it's probably will smith yeah no well Hold on, no. are we talking about Big Willie or yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Will Smith? We're we're like fourteen years in the Will Willennium, and I, I don't know what we're gonna do. I really don't. I think it's pretty much a sign of the apocalypse now. I never heard that before. Can we just use that now? The Willennium? It wasn't that a thing. Wasn't that like an album he made? Like I think. It, oh man, I'm, I do. I'm remember, pretty sure it was. No, I'm talking about Big Willie style, dude. With like that one was good. That was, that, that, that was a good album. That one was good. Like yeah. summertime, still like the the hit of the summer, like that song. You play that, and you know you're gonna be good to go. Okay, because like as long as we can put like a timestamp on it, I'm fine with that. If there's a timestamp on it, then like by all means, I am I am more than welcome to fucking go a, above and beyond to forsake everything else. Like like let's just treat it the way Disney's treating the extended universe. Let's sure. like what we like, and and then everything else is trash, on. and then. Mm-hmm. Either way, George Lucas won't see another cent. And we can we can we can all go home happy. I'm okay with that. All right, good. Sarah. Sarah, how you doing, yes. buddy? I'm I, uh, t- I'm tired. tired. I didn't get much sleep last night. <laughs> I didn't get much sleep last night. It was like Me either. Three we hours. had a late night, yeah. didn't we? That's yeah, we all had a late night. Um, we we made serious headway on some shit though. Yeah. And like, you know, I got yeah, we did. And we were we haven't stopped, which is good. Um only, only just put more shit aside. But I will say this, um, man, I had no idea. But fuck, I got really disappointed, you guys. I wanted to put Princess Crown on my Vita, and apparently the Vita, which I could only assume it was the Sony's efforts to prevent like a potential game sharing fiasco. Um, but yeah, they won't let you put any content on the Vita. Because like the Vita can only register, will only allow for one profile. 
So I wanted to put like yeah, Princess right. Crown, uh, but Princess Crown was bought with my Japanese account, so it wouldn't let me put it on my Vita, which sucks too. Because well, you, looks looks like you need to get a another Vita. Yeah, um, nope. nope because i might as well just carry my psp around i mean it's on my psp Eh, true enough yeah yeah is it a psp go no No, why not even that go man yeah Yeah, can you buy one for like 20 bucks and send it my way Uh, i wish i got the last two in existence i know They, they don't drop in price down this way at all we still got the white ones for 200 bucks and that's yeah bullshit yeah, we ain't selling new anymore, but like our pre-owned ones go for like sixty bucks, fifty bucks, which isn't terrible. But for twenty bucks, it's not yeah, terrible, I, yeah, tw- twenty bucks is where it's at. Uh, yeah, twenty bucks, you snag that up in a heartbeat. Like I don't yep. care who you are. Yeah, yeah with the, uh, the with five dollar controller and friggin' one dollar cable to plug into your TV, and voila, and you're done. Yep, it's the truth. Hmm. Just. Just man, just the fact that you life hack that thing still kind of bugs me. But in <laughs> this way. That's okay. I'm I'm just man, an ingenious motherfucker. It's the truth. Who's looking at Fire Pro Wrestling on eBay right now? I love it. I love that and, we're going uh, down. This it, it looks it looks as if I can get each one for under ten bucks new. So wow. <laughs> I well, will do that, and we. Will I, see I I bought uh, WWF WrestleMania the arcade uh, for the Sega 32X. Oh, nice. Um, and then. I bought WWF in your house for the PlayStation, so that's its respect. In your house, it, the, oh, the, it, that's like the Midway ones, though, right? Yeah, they're, they're both the Midway. They're oh, the ones that like... don't involve pinning. You just yeah. beat the shit out of each yeah, other I, until yeah. like. I would seriously get that if I, if I could find an arcade game of one of those, I'd fucking buy it in a heartbeat. Well, you know what's funny is I did find this locally, and I'm debating whether or not I should get it. I found the actual cab. I Ooh. found WrestleFest. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about grabbing Russell. So basically what I'm thinking is we should have like a game jam. We should call it like game jam and friggin we could live stream this shit and discuss For wrestling games. Time. Call it game slam. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got really excited. <laughs> we are doing this. Game I thought, I thought we gonna... called that limelight though. Isn't that what limelight essentially is? Sort of, except this is different. It's for wrestling. We're doing wrestling, <laughs> re- wrestling related gaming events now. It's all about the wrestling. <laughs> there we because, go. Because like we're we're gonna have our faces in this too, right? So oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna wear my world title belt. It's gonna be around my waist. Ooh. Yep. I'm gonna defend the title, but but still keep it here. Defend the title, like uh, on oh, me. We're now we're just getting off topic again. And hey, we're, probably, we're probably gonna start cutting wrestling promos here if we're not careful. Sunday. No, oh, wait. Hold on a second here. Oh, Sunday, here Sunday. 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 That's monster truck promo. It's wrestling. It can be wrestling too. It can be wrestling. Saturday super slam. All right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> hey, are there any Canadian rappers? Like any significant ones? There uh, was. Uh, what was his name? Um, did he got? Did he get shot in the hood? There's a, there's that one that's really funny. That comedian rapper from Can- from Canada. Oh, you know what? John LeJoie. Yeah, he does yeah, yeah. What? Stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. a name? That's a person? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he has this thing called Everyday Normal Guy. Huh. And uh, it's hilarious. He's like, I've got $600 in the bank, motherfucker. <laughs> Isn't Macklemore Canadian? I don't know. He I, don't know if, I don't know if any Canadians would actually want to recognize that he was it's, it's kind was. of like a justin bieber situation i don't want that fucker to come back that's for sure oh shit 
Just saying. Stay the fuck out. <laughs> so Jesus. So let's let's go ahead. Let's run down the the, the track list real quick. We've got we've yeah. got a little bit of news. Wait, what? Jesus, what was that? Did you just like Wilhelm scream? Yeehaw! Let's go. Running oh. down the track, right? Oh, yeah. okay. Um. Anyway, yeah, we got we got Jeez. some news. We've got what's near. I I just got taken off so off guard. I was Gosh. concerned for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So news. <laughs> what's in your console? And then uh, some select feedback for you guys sharing sharing some of your Game Boy memories that we oh so adore and appreciate you doing for us. And then finally, yeah, we're gonna talk about some Game Boy. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, let Andrew here just uh, slap me across the chest. Yep. Woo! A what knife the... edge chop. That's a knife edge chop That's right fucking... there. Mm. And he, he liked it. Wow. I'm not going to do that eight more times. All right. No, that's, that's a good idea. Don't do that. Yeah, I know. Ah, pink belly. Long-rumored, often criticized, very much debated uh, existence of the E.T. cart landfill uh, was recently... The the urban legend of the urban legend. Yeah, it was recently exhumed. So, um, man, and like, funny enough, me and fellow journo slash asshole slash guy, Seth Macy, we we were sort of... I don't know, we were debating just like, did, is it just me or did those carts look pretty fucking clean for being buried for decades? Pretty good for being buried. Like, I, I'm sure it would have rained at least twice in the last 30 years of this landfill, right? It's got, it has to have. Well, okay, but how, how deep does rain, like, soak underground? Uh, enough that you can have underground reservoirs. Well, but think about it though. It was buried in was it New Mexico or Arizona? New Mexico. Yeah, those are either. I mean, one's just drier than the other, but they're both really dry states. Maybe so, but there's also flash flooding in these states. There, I don't think there's been a significant flash flood in either of those states within the last twenty years. It all depends where it is. See, in the mountainous areas, yeah, and it looks like there's some pretty serious hills in those areas, where the uh, the temperature spikes down. Uh, during the day and the humidity's up at certain points of the year uh it can rain really heavy in really short bursts and it's like gone the next day but it has to go somewhere and that would be underground fair point my confusion though is i could have sworn they mentioned that the landfill was cemented in and see that's my next point if it was cemented in how did they get the boxes out yeah, like, well, I didn't see the boxes. I saw the carts, but I can, like, were the boxes even... Like, the boxes were squished and stuff, but it didn't look like they had cement on them. There's no way. I don't think they were cemented in, you know... There's no way, it yeah. Been, like, one of the exaggerations, but who who exactly was it that went out of the way to try to exhume these carts? Microsoft, I think. Yeah. Microsoft no, funded Mi- it. Yeah, they're doing it for, like, a video series for their, like, originals program, I thought. 
which is going to be exclusively on Xbox Live services that I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they're they're not exactly uh given that equal opportunity for entertainment when it comes to the to our friends up north. I'll YouTube it. <laughs> there you go. Um I it, and it's weird too because <laughs> Is it? It's just weird how often ETs come up within the last like thirty days. Because uh, a couple episodes ago, when I was at GDC, like, and we we hung out with Team Two Bit, uh, Matt, uh, you know, one half of the brother team that is Team Two Bit, dude, fucking loves ET. He's actually supposed to come over, and we're supposed to like Team Two Bit is supposed to come over. We're supposed to fucking limelight that shit and and get that on Twitch, mm-hmm. uh, and. He's basically going to show us how to play ET. Like he he cites that as one of his favorite slash best games of the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, just because like the nuances of it enough are enough to respect. And he like you know it's weird because he did teach me some shit about it that I had no idea. And I will say this that like I I I can see him defending it because I defend Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's like one of my favorite Twenty Six Hundred games, and like that's cited as one of the worst Twenty Six Hundred games. And I guarantee half the people that made that accusation really didn't know how to play it. Which so okay. With that said, does it deserve the title of worst video game of all time? What ET? Mm. Matt of Team Two Bit says no. But but what if, do as you far as say? what I remember, I want to know what you have to say, George. What is your opinion? Dude, worst game ever? Yes or no? Right. I okay, don't so assuming that you do play it right, based on the testimony of your fellow man. What say you? Oh, is it the worst game ever? Ever. No, I mean, there's Alien Soldier. So Fuck you, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I'm the expert in that field, and I say it's great, so you are trumped, my friend. Well, I don't know Just if it would be the worst, worst game ever, but I'm curious to revisit it and see, like, basically... I mean, there have got to be Jaguar games that are worse. There has to be. I've... Uh, yeah... I, but you know what's funny? Also, funny enough, again, I don't know how to spend real people money. Uh, when I bought Princess Crown, I also bought something else. Uh, oh, here we bought, go. Uh, Total Carnage, the port remake enhancement for the Jaguar CD. <laughs> so that that's going to be a play play. Or Wait, to- Total Carnage, what is that? Dude, you don't remember Total Carnage? It's like the spiritual sequel to Smash TV. It's like yeah, a no, top-down contra fucking crazy nonsense bullshit. See, I'm I'm thinking Maximum Carnage, which was on Super NES and it had a red cartridge. No, Maximum, uh, yeah, Maximum. That that's, that's like Marvel, right? So, up. Yeah. Um, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark too. I was I, there was one point I kind of want to throw in real quick. Uh, like the one thing that nobody really knew about that game, and because of the limitations of the Atari, I think it was brilliant that it did this. Is that you need two Atari joysticks to play it. One joystick represents like like action functions the other represents movement so i mean you look like you're skiing when you're playing it but it's pretty cool i don't know <laughs> twin I'd... stick long before it was cool yep pretty it's not cool. much it's not cool um but yeah i i don't know do you think do you think this is a plant by microsoft ah uh, it's kind of looks like it what do you think andrew which one's us now the plant, the plant from Pet Shop of Horrors. No, the, the is ficus. Microsoft faking this? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about the urban legend to know if they are or not. 
I, I know a lot of the people that were skeptical originally kind of look at more of the pictures now. Like I know, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Is it Chris Kohler? Yeah. I know Chris he, was he there? It was either him or it was, um, who's the other guy that covers all the retro stuff? Safaldi. Not him. Um, um, the other one, uh, red hair. I, I fuck. I, it's Coban Heat on Twitter. That I I still believe that's Chris Kohler. Is it really? Okay, it might yeah. be. It might be. Um, he uh he was there actually covering it, and you know I think most people that might have been skeptical were seeing a lot of his pictures and things he was posting, and maybe weren't as skeptical like like further on through the day, but. It's weird that they would all of a sudden decide now to finally dig it up. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a cool idea, I guess, either way, I'm if it's not real that, like, or not. Frank Cifaldi hasn't really because like, I mean, he's constantly doing work with like Lost Levels. And even then, speaking of like the work that he's done with Lost Levels, too, I mean, there's Outerlands and their documentary. Um, yeah. They're they're actually focusing on a lot of the preservation efforts by Frank Cifaldi. And it's weird, like, he, he talked about, like, this one arcade that uh, basically a good 2,000 of them sunk to the bottom of the ocean, so there's only 200 of them, for, like, left in a functioning existence. And basically his, you know, him trying to find somebody that's willing to archive, like, the fucking thousands of volumes that he has in, like, written editorial content in, in the field of games journalism... Like it's funny that he never really mentioned that, but it I I feel like they like the Atari twenty six hundred is weirdly neglected in in spaces when it comes to that, and I feel like the Atari Pierce, like Atari Age, is usually like the one authority that I think of when it comes to anything Atari related. And yeah, like I don't even, I don't remember when the last time the ET landfill was completely relevant, other than like some fucking stupid top ten list that you might see on Kotaku. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Chris Kohler's Coben Heat, by the way. Last uh, okay. Got it. Last time I saw the landfill mentioned, well, I think it was briefly mentioned in some video, but um, it was EGM and their top 10 worst games of all time. <laughs> in the same episode as their top 10, top 100. This was all the way back in like 2003. You know what it is? It, it, they're basically digging up all these ET games because Spielberg's working with Microsoft now, and Microsoft's going to buy the rights to the game so they can do it as an HD. Oh, uh, dude! Digital download. Oh God. Oh, Matt, <laughs> your wet dream. It might be coming true. But uh, yeah. Which Matt? Matt of Team Two Bit. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. He wants an HD one. Yeah. I don't know if he'd want it. He, he, I, I don't know. You're, you're going to get it. You're going to get, get it. Whether you want it or not, here he, it is. He, just, he doesn't just want it. He needs it. Mm. Oh man, and. Okay, hold on. I think, if I remember correctly, I think one of the worst video games ever is an FMV game, in my opinion. It's the uh, the hologram one, where it involves time oh, travel. Oh, time traveling, yes. Yeah. Hell yeah, oh, Sega made that, didn't they? Yeah, Sega did that. That was a terrible game. But the machine was cool. Uh, yeah, the machine was sweet. That was, that, called, or... that was called uh, what, Time Warp? Either Time Warp or Time Traveling. You should, should listen to our arcade episode that we did whenever... <laughs> I'm sure yeah. it's out there. <laughs> uh, we did talk about that. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I want to believe, though. Why not? Why Why not have the idea of, like, finding <laughs> finding buried treasure, It'll you know, be like the, or, uh, or something the, like that? It'll or, be like the X-Files poster, except there's an Atari cartridge on it with E.T. In, in I want to believe. believe. A, a scuffed label. 
No, but it's weird though. Yeah. Like some of those, la- dude. Some of those games look better than some of the shit you'd see in people's homes or like yard sales. That's that's, that's the one thing I, that's just like, weird. I honestly don't feel like they followed proper EPA procedures in burying said carts, and I think that Microsoft should probably be sued for digging it up. Ex, ex, is it exhuming? Is it's that like is that the word is? Hazardous ex, materials like. Exhuming, yeah. Did they get the zoning rights to do that? That's, that's very dangerous. Yeah, they, I they think they disturbed. They don't have the proper ground. protocols to do that. Yeah. What? If, yeah. Dude, what if this is just up. like? What if this is like that fucking the the, the curse of the ark? What if they woken <laughs> some sort of Indian curse that came about and like it like soon you would see like three signs or plagues, one being yeah. Reese's pieces, like not being actually. I would Reese's. that that would be the best plague ever. I would be so excited. <laughs> I'd be fucking yeah, gobbling but like shit up. It, it's all covert, like and it, it just essentially it expedites the the gradual fucking the gradual diagnosis of diabetes within we like days. <laughs> You watch; it's going to be like you exhume all the uh, the ET cartridges, and it just reinstates the video game crash of '82. It was just delayed all this time. That was that was the final part of sealing it away. It was Nintendo. See, now that now that they're weakened, Microsoft moved in, and uh, they're going to finish it all off, and then take the entire industry for themselves. Let's talk about games we've been playing. Let's talk about what's in our console. I need need some cheer in this and up in this bitch. That theory. Oh man, it's true. It's happening. What's in your console? <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, Andrew, you and your fucking conspiracy whispers. Uh, what's yeah. in your console, bud? Let's see. Uh, I played a lot because honestly, I think the last time I did one of these what's in your consoles was like the beginning of this year. It feels like, like it feels like it's been a long time. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I don't think you've been on the show since the one prior to GDC. No, wait, no, you were on the, you weren't on the Oculus show, were you? Is no James and negative. Sarah. Yeah, I was off that one. I've been on a few special episodes like uh, Games Clubs and and things like that. But um, if I can remember correctly, I, I most recently finished up Infamous Second Son. That was the most recent game I completed, um, and I fucking could not put it down. I only did a playthrough on my on the good. Delson, but I I had so much fun playing it, which is weird because I didn't really like one or two all that much. It just I I didn't feel like it really hooked me, you know, right away. But something about Second Son, like I could not put the controller down. I just wanted to clear every single district. I wanted to you know do every single thing I possibly could in that game. And I played like all of the game in terms of, like the good playthrough. I did the uh, Cole's Legacy DLC. I did the Paper Trail DLC. All of that. Um, that was kind of tedious. The Paper Trail DLC, the, I don't think the payoff was worth all the work. Um, I like the idea of incorporating it into an ARG and giving you something to do outside of the game that kind of makes you feel like you're a detective, you know, putting together clues. It, it, was, it was a cool idea. It just, I wish the payoff would have been a little bit better. And um, you know what's funny is uh, I felt slightly let down. And in terms of like a follow up to Infamous, uh, Second Son's a bit disappointing, but as far as an open world game, like that's one of the best open worlds ever. Like I love Seattle. Yeah, um, it, was, yeah. it was super fun. But I I enjoyed playing it. I enjoyed you know every time I saw like a you know, a drug bust, yeah, I'd go you know do one of those real quick as a good play playthrough. And I just on the PS4, just that is a must play game on PS4 in my opinion. I think it's the best thing they've got out right now. Well, um, yeah, unfortunately, like the the factors that the are library involved. isn't yeah library isn't all that great really right now. So. 
saying that probably doesn't mean as much right now, but um, I, I, I really dug it. Um, before that, though, I played a lot of DLC. I caught up on a lot of uh, DLC content that expanded games from last year that we all played. Like I played um, Burial at Sea, Episode 2 on Bioshock Infinite, which at some point I feel like we should have some kind of a small, very, very small spoiler cast on it or, you know, like... like I was actually thinking about doing a press pause video on it. We could, because I think it's something that needs to be discussed. Um, If you guys haven't played it already, it'd be a good time to catch up. I started the first one and, like, James is supposed to review the second one, but he wasn't really... Like, it was weird, like, he was keen on it, but he was keen on like the, the expansion mostly uh, from a mechanical sense, but he was really disappointed that like Rapture felt slightly superficial. And that's something he never thought he would associate with like Rapture as far as. See, and that's why we should probably sit down and have a talk about it. Cause I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought it was a good way for if irrational, if this is their last thing they're going to do with Bioshock. It was a nice way to wrap things up. Um, but I, I really dug it a lot. I thought it was cool and it, it, it definitely we'll discuss. I don't want to say too much that might reveal things about it, but, um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I also enjoyed speaking of DLC, um, left behind, which has been, a, I played that a while back, but like I said, it feels like it's been so long since I've been on the show. I had really had a chance to talk about it. Um, that also was phenomenal. I mean, it's, it kind of speaks to how highly I feel about, uh, the last of us, is how well that DLC was put together. I just I just really enjoyed it, and it, it's nice playing that DLC because having played the full game, you know where that eventually ends. <laughs> you know, you know the outcome of that. So it's heartbreaking at times to play through it, but at the same time, just having that experience and having that you know knowledge of what went on during that time was still really important to play through, and I think it was very beneficial, especially to the story and to the characters that were involved. And, you know, uh, and we talked about, like, game length beforehand. Yeah. And, like, funny enough, because I think uh, out of the four of us, like, you're the one that played it the most. I still, I'm still playing through. I'm I'm still incredibly behind from, like, all the review games and everything that I'm, I'm still working on where I haven't, and funny, like, you know, considering that that's, like, my favorite game period from last year that you think I would have played it and more. And you haven't finished it. No. Yeah, yeah but, you, it, you but it, really... I heard it's really, really, really short. It is. I mean, it's not fairly long, which is fine, though. I mean, I think that, you know, sadly, it, it's a shame it's the only single player DLC we got from the season pass. Everything else was multiplayer focused, but um, it was it's like gone home, you know, like you, you get a couple hour chunks out of it. Uh, you play through it, you experience it. it it's, it's worthwhile. It's impactful. Um, and that's all you really need. You don't have to, like, sit there and, like, put hours into, a you know, something that could be wrapped up and finished in an hour or two. Um, it like I said, I mean, playing Left Behind, you know the outcome. You know, if you played through the game, you already know how, how it happened and what happened. Just a matter of seeing it, you know, as it happens by the minute was cool. It really was. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. And I, I really miss those characters. And um, I'm really excited to play the PS4 remastered edition. Uh, Which, wow, did, didn't that just come out of the blue real quick, too? I, like, I, I kind of figured it was going to happen, but then they announced the release date, and I was like, oh, shit, that's coming up soon. Like, they, they've had this in their back pocket the whole time, just, you know, didn't want to say anything about it. And, and honestly, I know we're in what's in your console, but let's let's touch on a little bit of news while we're talking about Last of Us. What the fuck's going on at Naughty Dog? Well, yeah. Have you, have you seen all these shakeups? There's, like, people leaving by 
like every other day someone's leaving Naughty Dog. It's kind of fucking weird. It it's weird and it's incredibly uh, it's disconcerting because Naughty Dog is supposed to be working on Uncharted Four. And yeah, like, and, and I always thought this like you watched like the documentary that Area Five did on the making of Last of Us, and you see Naughty Dog as a studio. Seem like they're very like unit. close and very tight in terms of like the process of making the game and you know what they do and, and what they incorporate and then to see all these like you know head people leaving it just seems weird to me well, like really bizarre the fact that like you know uh and Amy Denig left yeah oh right yeah, that, was, that was that was the first major shakeup yeah yeah and Absolutely. like that already completely left me like shaken just because I mean all the amazing writing that that came about and, and just the direction of the first three Uncharted games. I mean, granted, like the only Uncharted game she wasn't involved with, uh, you know, Golden, uh, Golden Abyss. And it was, and it was good. I still thought it was good. It just didn't have the same, which I don't, it, it never really was meant to. I mean, it's intentionally a side game, which is awesome, but just, I, man, I don't know. Just there's that there's, um, I don't remember the first couple names, but there are some lead graphic designers that left too. And and like yeah. really, there was no major acquisitions or changes. But you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Since we're playing conspiracy theory, but didn't this all recently start happening after Jack Trenton stepped down? Mm, it, it's all happened within a three month period. Yeah, yeah, but like at the but at, beforehand, prior to the three months, that's around the time Jack Trenton stepped down. I don't think he did this recently. I think he did it within you know, the genesis of this whole little fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't know. I I personally just hope that if anything, like, it, it's weird because even the, uh, the, the narrative uh, voice, the narrator voice from the teaser trailer, uh, that gone. was, yeah. yeah, he's gone. <laughs> like there was a hint that he was actually supposed to be, his work was supposed to be attached to a, uh, a central character within the uh, sequel. So, I don't know, but like, there, yeah, there's graphic designers, there's Amy, uh, who else? Like, I want to say there's like somebody else there's, that we're totally forgetting. Yeah. Um, well, not, I know there's been a lot of other shakeups at other companies and stuff, but it just, it seems like every other week that Naughty Dog has got someone leaving. It just, I, I don't understand. And, and I, some of like, and it kind of happens all around like the remastered PS4 edition coming out as well. Like, all this happening at the same time is just kind of strange to me. Um, it's just, I, I feel like basically the PS4 is allocating towards two like fundamental focuses. Like they they're, they're going towards uh, doing some high definition re-releases. I mean, we've already it's weird how many of those we've already seen. It's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple and, of Tomb Raider and yeah, I mean Last of Us now. Yeah, we're and and then we're seeing a bunch of indie games, which is great. But it's weird, and like I know you guys gave me shit for buying Putty Squad, which by the way is great. I like that game. I'm I'm gonna talk I didn't more give about you shit. That was just teasing. That's I'll give you shit. That game looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but dumb. it's a budget game in a, in a system that's been out for less than like six months practically. Mm-hmm. No, we'll actually take that back. Eight. You can say, well, fuck no. no. Yeah, six. less than six. Yeah, around six. Years. Whatever. Yeah. Who expected um, us to count? It's a video game podcast. Yeah, going on, it's seven. That's hard. That's hard. 
Uh, what else? I mean, uh, those are the three major ones I finished up and thought were really important to kind of discuss. Um, I hope we do kind of follow up on maybe like doing a video or doing something on Bioshock because that, that that's always fun to talk about. You know, the ending of Bioshock Infinite was fun to discuss and I'd like to kind of talk more about the DLC and how that incorporates into it. Um, other than that, I'm trying to look. I, I played, uh, well, shit. I'm looking at my games right now. I'm trying to think what else I've played. I'm still kind of digging at Braylude Default. I took a break from it for a while. I took a break from all my portable gaming for like a month or so. Funny enough, I'm just I, now just jumping back into I it. I dove into my portable gaming. And I've been like, um, like going into this, and this may sound like blasphemy, but like, mm-hmm. I. I'm playing my Vita at least once a day now on something. And, like, I, Street Fighter Cross Tekken just hit mm-hmm. it. And, like, now I'm either on Sega All-Stars Racing, which it's... God damn, it's so smooth on the Vita. Mm-hmm. So smooth. And then, yeah, I, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. I'm, which, I'm running out of space on my 32-gig card, which yeah, sucks. No, I am out of space. I am less yeah. than 40 gigs, and I have 49 games on my Vita. Yeah. So I, I really need to start maybe just deleting stuff that I won't play for a while just to make room. Because, yeah, I have... Uh, 10, 10, 2 on there. Um, a lot of downloadable games. And then, like I said, Bravely to follow my 3DS. I also bought, but have not yet played, and I'm hoping I'll play a little before our next show, um, that Izuma 11 soccer RPG for 3DS. Huh. I never it, even it, knew that there was it, a soccer it, RPG on 3DS. It, it's downloadable. It's like 20 bucks, and it looks really cool, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, I know, like, US Gamer and a lot of other sites had reported on it and had a lot of good things to say about it. So I, I picked it up on a whim, just wanted to add something to the DS, the 3DS collection that was digital, uh, digital only. Because um, I have like my Switch Force and stuff like that, you know. Um, I, um, funny enough, I, I wanted to concede an apology to both of you guys because like on that long fucking torturous flight, uh, you know, to and from Boston, um, I gave Bravely Default. Ah, that's right. You say it, man. Say it. I, it's good. Ah, yeah, but like man, the, yeah, man, it is. Yeah, but those good. first eight hours suck. They're mm. dumb. Mm. Like they're dumb. You guys like you know how people are like, oh yeah, you know you play Final Fantasy 13 and then it gets good. I think that that criticism should be applied to Bravely Default because I think Final <laughs> Fantasy 13 is good the entire time, and Bravely Default is just like, oh, oh, I've got jobs now. Oh, look at this. And then you're actually rewarding me for my grinding. And look at that. There's depth to the battle system. Whoever would have thought. Mm-hmm. And, and the story <laughs> was even kind of picking up a little bit. Star- Star- I love the characters, though. Yeah, the, the characters ca- it started like, awesome. yeah, like that. Those little moments where uh, like uh, like uh, essentially a quick event will happen like with an exchange of like dialogue that kind of uh, like yeah. does development a la like a that. tales game like the tales games used to do that where they have like a little brief yeah, yeah, yeah. intermission that you would play yeah so i mean I, I, it, it, it factors in so many cool things from other rpgs and does it in a way that seems kind of fresh but that's all it's, all it's doing is just taking elements of uh, a ton of other rpgs and just mixing into one game <laughs> you know it, and it does it i I, I will say that given if you give it patience, like it does it really well. So I will enjoy that. But now I'm in like I mentioned this to, to before to Sarah asking him, because like I said, it took me a while to really give this a chance. I keep hearing that the last half of the game is shit again, though, because it just recycles. So I, I haven't gotten to the last half. Oh, well, see, well, we're we're in that ride together now, buddy. 
Yep. So it seems, it seems that way. Yeah, but um, I I I will concede that I, but I don't know. Um, and funny, uh, Jay from Hey Poor Player, he was kind of mentioning the same thing. He he shared like the same criticisms. Like I, again, I I really think that that demo really like reverse hyped it for me. I like I probably would have had better impressions of the game Shopping had I not right touched in. the demo. Yeah, I know demos really sold it on me. Like once I got through all that, I was like, I need to play more. And and then as soon as it came out, I kind of stopped playing it. You know, like demo just kind of <laughs> just did too much of it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no man, I've been, I've just been rocking it on. There have been a lot of good iOS games that have hit too that I even want to talk about. It's been date, but like I said, we've all been playing a fuckload of games and. I think it's befitting enough that we've been playing a lot of portable games considering the topic of the episode, you know? That makes sense, yes. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, what, what, did you did you get to check out that that soccer game exactly, or is, is no, it still been a curiosity? It, it, no, it's downloaded. I have it now. I'm just going to need to start playing it now that I'm back into portable gaming. So I hope by the next show we'll, I'll have more to say about it. But um, yeah, a lot of stuff that I will be playing soon, hopefully. So that, that's it for me for right now, though. You and I, real quick, before we move on to Sarah, um, mm-hmm. we, we got to also play The Wolf Among Us, A Crooked Mile. Yes. Uh, how was that? Yeah, I, I really did not like the introduction to that uh, episode. Everything else is great. The And you're talking about like the, the thing you have to go to underneath the bridge? Right. And then how gotcha. it... Either way, I mean, the way it's resolved. Yeah, and I played through it twice. That was like the first... Uh, episode of that series I played through more than once because I usually will play through, stick with a story, and then just kind of let it ride out through the entirety of that series. You know, like so I did the same thing with Walking Dead. Like, whatever decisions I made, I just said, okay, well, that's the decision I made, and I'm going to see how it plays out in the next episode. Um, that one I had to play more than once because I wanted to see if things really did change all that much. It's the and exact same thing. It, yeah. it doesn't. No, it doesn't really give you, it, it gives you a sense of things will be different, but ultimately you get the same kind of, you know, resolution. I was surprised uh, that the very first time, because generally, um, like it's most of the decisions that I've seen, other than like the crazy polarizing ones, mm-hmm. uh, have all been fairly split down the middle, or like you know, uh, fairly kind of got their own uh, divided majority into in, in even standards. Uh, I was surprised to see that I picked an unpopular decision in a very polarizing. Probably near the end of that episode, I assume. Yeah, I, maybe yeah. you did the same thing. I my my second one, I did, and man, it makes you feel like a dick. Like, yeah, and, no, and, and, this and, one well, did not it, make me feel like a dick. But the well, game, it's like the game almost kind of wants me to feel that way because well, that's I, the thing. Like, I, I almost felt like I didn't say it in the review, but I thought it that um, there's like a weird part where when you're making decisions, you think they're gonna say and do it a certain way, and then you see the delivery of big, like what Big B would say. And it's almost like L.A. Noir. You remember, like L.A. Noir had that thing where, like, yeah. you wanted to respond to something, and you, and then it came off as like being really aggressive or really mean, and you didn't necessarily want that. Like, you wouldn't have picked that decision otherwise if it did. You didn't know it's gonna come off like that, and that's what it felt like. You made like decisions and you said things, and then when it played out, you're like, wow, that you sound like a dickhead. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be the good guy. I'm trying to be the sheriff, not the big bad wolf. You know, but. Well, that's why I, I had to play through it twice. I wanted to see what the difference would be, and it seemed well, like there were a few. It's funny too because I, I try like that particular polarizing choice that I'm talking about. Like mm-hmm. they give you an opportunity to, to narratively like give a, a chance of redemption before you make your your judgment. 
And then I ended up, you know, once the redemption was cast aside and whatnot, I I thought I was being like I was going to be more of a dick about it. But instead, I was pretty cavalier, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, for the, the 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 context of the situation that I'm particularly describing is a bit out of character when you when you for Bigby, when you take that kind of action. And yeah, Bigby was actually really cavalier about that whole thing. But no, man, th- those results. Like they they really tried to go out of their way to make me feel like a fucking <laughs> asshole for it, and uh, I don't I don't feel like an asshole, but I am pretty confident. Like one, oh, well, all right, I can't go that confident, but I'm ninety eight percent sure that my decision will come back to haunt me. Probably, yeah, more than likely. <laughs> yeah, but um, but no, it it was good, and I'd like to see how it all plays out. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm I don't want to wait for walk. I already ordered my like, yeah. I I, I, need, I I need to get into the comic because I heard I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, like well, and, and it's weird too because like, funny enough, like uh, I just got into Preacher, and I've been really digging Preacher. Uh, it's weird. Preacher's weird, but it's it good is, weird. Yeah. It's basically like, like I almost want to say that like Josh that's, uh, Red- that's, Gar- oh, that, 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 that's Garth uh, Enos, right? Yes, Preacher. Yeah, his shit is pretty twisted <laughs> and I, I feel like joss whedon like read a lot of preacher before he came up with the concept for angel and then just buffied it mm. like yeah it, that, that i and like it, it's weird that may sound that i'm making that contrast and that's what i thought of i mean come on we we're all 90s kids i fucking watch all that shit i didn't watch any of that stuff nerd yeah <laughs> 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 anyway um but yeah no i'm i'm definitely curious to check out uh, that regardless of Bill Willingham's, like, I don't know, all that controversy, it's a little uh, misplaced in my opinion. But let's let's go ahead. It's neither here or there. Seraxor, Ser Flash, S to the E to the double R to the A-X-O-R. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Not bad. You like that? You like that little, I just did that on the fly. It's on Macho fly. Man wrapped your name. <laughs> just, just got that, dude. Actually, uh, Andrew is one hundred and ten percent correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we know it's been five years. We just know each other too damn well. Um, what what has been in your console, my friend? What have you been playing of video and the games? Well, uh, I've been in my console actually. Just saying, uh, my game was published recently. I don't know if I was cover if I talked about this uh. last. Uh, iOS, but yeah, uh, uh, I have a game on iOS that was you know programmed in Ukraine. It's a match two puzzle game, and I did the soundtrack and uh, yeah, it's called Squards. Squards. Oh, yeah. Squards. Wait, yeah. but how's it spelled though? S Q U A R D S. Yeah, so then that's my bad. Little Squards. Squards. So, yeah, it's addictive. It's fun. So I've, I've been playing that because I'm narcissist. <laughs> well there is a free that version of it too yeah it's like uh on the uh on pc somewhere i think there's a uh no it's free on ios too i downloaded it uh is it I, actually nice i downloaded the free version first to check it out a little bit and then i bought yeah. it i was gonna buy it anyway but <laughs> i needed to like check it out plus like i can tell everybody hey you should totally check out our director of creative contents like game that he made the soundtrack for and it's free no excuse you're a dick there you go Exactly. Yeah. Which so uh, you know, been been playing a bit of that, so that's not bad. I would say it's pretty impressive for like being developed in Unity. Yeah. Like, and it, like, I don't want to say that 
to you know against it despite it so to speak but in regards to the colors and the visuals for for what it is i don't know i i really like like this is like their first effort because it looks it looks like yeah. a garage indie game no it's uh, it's definitely uh definitely the first effort yeah yeah it's it's de- i don't know i like it i think it looks good i still i uh, think include including me there was like four of us that worked on it so nice yeah Okay. Well, what else, what else, buddy? Well, what else? Uh, I've been playing a lot of stuff on Steam, uh, mostly for review. So for realsies, uh, did buy a couple Bullet Heavens back uh, last month, I guess, for uh, some stuff from New Media, which is one of our new uh, sort of uh, friends on the entire webs. And uh, did uh, Gigantic Army, which is kind of like a. Uh, a uh, great big homage to the mech-based running guns of the 90s. So stuff like Front uh, Mission Gun Hazard and uh, Vulcan and what were the other ones? Uh, Cybernator and Metal Warriors, those types of games. Uh, so you got this giant mech and you you know run around and uh, he, you can choose between different weapons. So like there's a shotgun, a machine gun, or like a grenade launcher for your main weapon and like homing missiles, a burst bomb and a laser for your sub weapon. And you only have like limited uh, use of those. Uh, I think there was like six stages in it and it was all pretty slick. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So uh, that was something. I uh, also reviewed reflex recently, which is a top or vertical scrolling shmup from cider uh, one of the more, uh, how to say, uh, revered indie developers of Japan. And uh, it's part of the Altinex trilogy. They are planning on bringing Tale of Altinex second, or sorry, Altinex second and, um, uh, what is the other one? Kamui is the other one. Uh, so that's the first and third part. They've, they only brought out the second one right now, which is kind of weird, but... Uh, those those are planned on on being brought over, and uh, I'm kind of excited for that. But uh, reflex is really cool because like uh, you have this uh, reflective shield that can be used at any time, and it sounds a bit like gigawing, but it's way more flexible than gigawing. In gigawing, not only do you have nasty like input lag and shit, but uh, there's also a cooldown period for your shield. Uh, this one, as long as you've got power, you can activate it, and it sort of recharges on its own, which is nice. Um, so it makes for a very tight gameplay experience when it comes straight down to it. And of course, like if you reflect shots and you take out enemies with those shots, you can build your multiplier and get a higher score that way. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Um, but the biggest game that I've been playing, there's a couple of really big games that I've been playing lately. I played the, uh, I've been playing the witch in the hundred night. Yep. I played that for review and I really liked it. For once, like yeah, I, I you, don't exactly have high hopes for anything NIS America. Yeah, you're not the uh, only one. Like I, you have a lot of my friends like commenting saying like I had the same problem with NIS and like they're actually looking to get this game because it, it was under the radar. I think for a lot of people, I will say yeah. like you know for everybody bagging on it though, I I really did like uh, Time and Attorney. Like I that one was a good NIS release. You would be the only one, sir. Yeah, <laughs> everybody, it, dude. It's it's Pokemon meets Punch Out. How do you not like? I've, well, I've got it, but I don't know something about it. Not sure what it is, but uh, maybe I got to play a little more. But yeah, well, it, it's play. really repetitive. It seems that way. Yeah, but like it's uh, repetitive though. 
what else? Uh, like, I, I don't know. NIS has just kind of been wholly mediocre ever since the first Disgaea game. Like, they really struck gold. But then again, it was also Atlas's localization. And then everything else since then has just sort of slowly decayed into mediocrity until The Witch and the Hundred Knights. There's something about that game that really has me hooked. And that's a good thing. It's it's the NIS game that longtime fans of NIS deserve because they put up with a lot of shit. You know what I will say, too? I feel like, and you may like say I'm crazy for it, but I think it's the one game that kind of balances presentation and mechanics. Because like that's the one thing with certain affairs that they publish. I feel like they're they're so obtuse and so ridiculously complex yeah. that like you know they're that or they're they're just style over substance. And I have got two words for you, cross edge. Well, yeah, that, that fucking game. It's not even a game, really. I don't even know what you're supposed to do with it. It's impossible. Uh, you I, want your obtuse gameplay. That, that's definitely it. I don't know. There, there, there are certain, like, there is a roguelike I remember I reviewed for the site, uh, you know, that was beautiful that I'm trying to remember. Um, fuck, man. I don't, it'll, it'll come to me in a little bit. Uh, but I remember that being one of the, one of the more encouraging NAS games. And then, you know, I'm a sucker for the Atelier games, but mm. uh, Tecmo Koi has actually been, picking the reins up on the uh, Atelier games now. They're published. Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean... Really weird, but... What was it? Uh, the Guide to Fate Paradox was a roguelike that I reviewed for it, and I didn't really like what they did with that. It, just, it ended up being pretty irritating in spots. I mean, there was merit to it, but at the same time, I mean, there was, there was a lot of stuff to the presentation that bothered me. Uh, what was the... What was it? Those... The quote was, those tits are Old Testament huge. That was an instant turnoff for me. Uh, that sounds like Dragon. Oh, no. No, no, no. But, yeah, you were talking about that. Um, I, I want to yeah. say that's Guided Fate. Yeah, actually. Gu- that's... Guided Fate Paradox, yeah. Yeah. So, they're, they're, yeah. Like, I understand, you know, niche, pervy localization has been kind of a yeah, but story, I mean, tradition, but yeah, we want to be There's forward. a difference between what NIS tries doing and what Working Designs did, right? Yeah, that honestly, like all that fucking garbagey shit that Vic Ireland did was a product of its time and it's appreciated. Yeah. For being a, you know, a product of its time, but you, you can't really replicate that again. No. <laughs> there, there, there's only so many times where like fuck like Especially in today's like um, in today's climate, when it comes down to uh, like political correctness, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, no, I I'm totally right there with you. Um, the Witch and the Hundred Knight has, you know, instances, but uh, but it actually has gameplay to back that shit up. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, I've, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm still playing it uh, nearly to the end. But uh, what else? I'm playing Conception Two right now as well. That one I haven't heard. Yeah, that I actually would really uh, fucking to game. Hear you talk about that one. Yeah. Okay. So Conception Two is trying really hard to be Persona Four, uh, and it wants to take things further than Persona Four with its implied boning. 
but <laughs> I I just think like like the Dangang Rampa would be like the more of the Persona game, but it's really not. No, Dangang Rampa is like, and I like I said, I I got to review that one, and that's that's like a hyper sensualized Ace Attorney. Yeah. Yeah. All these Vita games with like fucking pink and purple in the case, man, it's confusing the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> Too much. Yeah, but Danganronpa is actually something like that. That needs to be on everyone's Vita. That's like one of the best games out on the Vita right now, guaranteed. Yeah, like, but what... like the writing's really good. The the one thing I will say though is, I mean, it, it like there there's no way to really replay it, and it's it's weird. You almost really don't play it. Per se, you're you're more. It's very it's it's more interactive storybook than it is playing, except for like the court segments. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but conception uh, this, that that one yeah, <laughs> that I must okay, play so, on Vita. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, uh, it, it tries. It's trying really hard to be something that it's not, uh, and it just really really falls flat because there's no real character development per se. Because the first thing you do is make star children with this this chick that just kind of comes out of the blue, right? And you're like, huh, okay, well, that, that was quick. Oh, look, I got twins? Fantastic. Oh, a third one. Hey, great. Look at me go. 100%. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. Like, even the battle system is really simple. Uh, there's not a whole lot of strategy behind it. You just kind of, like, right now I'm just letting them do their, their own thing. I just stick it on auto and and that's it they just kind of get the experience level up and just, that's just all play, plays it for you pretty much yeah like and i <laughs> i want there to be the sort of character development that persona has but i mean the characters that you interact with are so dumb <laughs> like mm-hmm. and uh the archetypes are are kind of weird like there's there's this one character that you would think is like a brooding sort of moody character and she ends up being a total airhead it uh, confuses you, and it sort of um, it sort of sells itself short in a lot of ways because of that. Uh, so I don't know that I could actively recommend it. So I was trying to think back to that sweet roguelike that yeah. NAS America published. Uh, it was Lega Sista. Oh, um, yeah, I remember that. That one was good. The worst NAS game that I personally reviewed, and it, it should will forever be the worst, it's, it's fucking bad, is Mugen Souls. That lollycon nightmare fuel. Oh, just wait. There's another one coming. I know. Yep. I, I read. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Someone, someone answer me this. Um, yeah, but... Uh, I, oh, here's something for you. I, I got a comment on, uh, on my Akai Katana review recently. And in Akai Katana's review, I mentioned that... Uh, Otomedius would have seen the genre out of the retail circuit very poorly with its uncomfortable character design and broken parts, right? One guy says, what was wrong with the characters in Otomedius? And uh, I said to him... They're the, uh, glorified sex objects well, with no well, personality? It's worse than that. Like there's, there's more or less an implied nine-year-old that you can fondle, is what it basically boils down to. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's called Moe. That's gross. I instantly said, no, that's what I call uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, Moe is gross. So it's exactly, it's basically my words were exactly fitting for the uh, the statement I was trying to make. I just don't get that, though. Like, how do you justify this, this quote-unquote Moe thing? Like, is that really a selling point? I don't understand. 
Yeah. I just, I. The hey, man, fruits. different strokes for different folks. Yeah, different strokes indeed, huh? Mm, uh, you wow. and, man. Hey, you said you're, it. You're like, it's like your innuendos, <laughs> dude. They're gr- like, they're, it's thinking. They're evolving now. They're, yeah. they're, they're slowly <laughs> operating on their own agenda, dude. It's true. I'm not even thinking of them anymore. They're just kind of slipping I out. know. I know. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. But uh, yeah, aside from that, though, I uh, just finished up the review for Duke's 1.5 Collector's Edition, which uh, Hugh Games was kindly was kind enough to send my way for just basically the cost of shipping. Um, you know, it's, it's a 90 euro game, which is quite expensive uh, for what it actually is. However, I still recommend it if you haven't played the uh, any of the the Duke series at all, because it does come with some nice extras. Uh, the case is a lot nicer than anything you'll find uh, within the Duke series, and it does come with both soundtracks for both games that are included, which is nice. So watch the the re- most recent Bullet Heaven on that, and I just started playing Raiden Overkill today, and it's it's definitely Raiden Four. Um, and I've been pl- I was playing the uh, the score attack for the worldwide ranking. I'm in the top ten for all three modes. So come and get me. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know I've been playing honestly a lot of uh, my portables and my Ouya. I mean, there's not a whole lot going. I will I will say that with like my preview of uh, you know Never Ending Nightmares getting a little bit more. Advanced, like I, I will have to say that that game is legitimately fucking unsettling. It's really bad, and it and it's so like you know we were talking like Andrew and I, you know, uh, off the record, we were kind of discussing how like survival horror, and and I was going back. I don't think we really got to talk about it in in detail, but like the evil within and the direction it's going in is it's in fucking trouble. Like it, it is just awful. It's I, it, I don't even think it really knows what it's trying to be. I think it's just Shinji Mikami, like showing his senility. Like it, re, like it, 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 it's just a bunch of gore porn surrounded by like shit that's macabre. Like that, that's all it is. I mean, there, and 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 as far as what he has players do, and and just the the contextual suggestiveness of, of, of everything that's going on is just so shallow and robotic. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of, ugh, I, 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 I can't really recommend. I, I don't know. I'm still pretty unhappy with it, but you know, playing never ending nightmares, it was just, it was such a refreshing breath of air. Like, and you know, it's sad, too, because I really want more people to play it, and I hope people do. Like, I'm going to be championing it, because just so far, like, I, I'll, I'll definitely have more to show when we when we do our video on it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm telling you, there are a lot of moments. Like, remember, I don't know if anybody remembers their very first scary game. Like, for me personally, it, it was never Resident Evil. It was Silent Hill. Like, especially those moments in the diner and hearing that static and then watching a fucking pterodactyl like rip me to shreds like that that those moments of tension like where you're legitimately unsettled and your body is is communicating like this sense of queasiness from you fucking moving around on a controller remember when we talked about that all those years ago in the early days of press pause rate on how like we don't know if that's ever coming back 
Yeah, I do. It, it yeah, no, Never Ending Nightmare hits it to a T. And I mean, the gorgeous art style, like that, just totally sells it. I mean, they're like a lot of the uh, jump scares in it. Like they really feel genuine to the atmosphere that they're trying to sink you in. And there are points like I don't want to get too much into specifics, but especially uh, when you get to the hallways and like you're you're forced to essentially contend with hiding it it's awful too because even when you hide you're not safe like the the ai is surprisingly bright and where like you'll like you'll you'll see like a a sense of dread as like whatever you're trying to evade will will pick privy to your shit and like only up that like there's these giant fucking mutant babies like walking like like they're they're legitimately unsettling. And I don't they, know why babies is like the new thing in like survival horror games. But no no no. But I mean like imagine a baby like a mad I don't know, dude, it, it's pretty bad. And they coo and stuff too, like actual babies. <laughs> but Ugh. they squeeze you to death. And I mean they squeeze you so hard to where like your entrails come out of holes that are made from like pressure. So it's graphic, but like mm. Their cabinets. It's, it's so crazy with that art style, it being like a super graphic and super gory game. It is. Just, it's insanely yeah, graphic. And like, in like the baby, like, and it's deformed in a sense where it's dragging like its right arm across the ground and everything. And you can run, but you can't run for great distances. You will get winded. You will. Your running will come to a gradual pace, and before you like stop and take a breath. So, like, you can't even depend on running. And there is there are these armoires that you can like hide in in the hallways when you're trying to sneak past them, but you can't just confidently sneak past them because like depend like for example this is how insane like the detail was I like spotted one and I ran out of its cone of vision, but like by the time I got to the armoire like I was breathing heavily I was catching my wind <laughs> fucking baby heard me grabbed the act the physical armor that i was still in and shook the fuck out of it and it scared the shit out of Jesus. me like the controller was rumbling but yeah, then yeah. it put the armor back down and i was safe but I, I literally thought like fuck i'm not safe i'm not safe and like how you know there's not there aren't too many games that really instill that sort yeah. of feeling um but it man like i'll be excited to really show you guys um I also played a lot of Steam World Dig. I finally got to, you know, check that out. I, I remember, like I said, I was I was mentioning that on the Metroidvania. That game, it's really weird. It's it's pleasant, and I recommend it for everyone. But it it's really weird what it borrows from because, like I said, I I, I almost don't want to call it like a Metroidvania. I want to call it like I want to call it like a poor man's Minecraft with purpose. Like it, there, there is a purpose to the shit that you punch and destroy. Hmm. Um, you know, there. Of not... course, by the same token, as we discussed yesterday, we never really want to call anything Metroidvania. No, <laughs> apparently, it's Metroid uh, or uh, Castlevania. But apparently, everything's Metroidvania too. So yeah, there's also. No, that. I, I thought that was the conclusion we came to. Everything's yes. Metroidvania. Super Mario Troidvania. Yeah. Well, no, that's Extra Mario Brothers. That's the Metroidvania Mario game. I'll also be doing a video on that. Uh, spoiler. It's awesome. Anyway. <laughs> fucking. But yeah, uh, I was actually playing that. And like it has cross uh, saving 
between the PS4 and the Vita, which is really cool. I I honestly would recommend the shit out of that version over the 3DS version. Um, but it it's surprisingly short. Like, and it and it's funny too because it's I think it's intentionally made to be short, and it actually intentionally like encourages sequence breaking and sort of the pseudo elements that you kind of find a hard time to really distinguish anyway. Uh, like I, I was speaking with the developers and they're actually like, they want people to, you know, you know, basically they're the, the repurposing and destruction of the environment towards the goal at hand. They wanted to challenge different people to go about it and, and speed run it. Like the game, I, I would, I would honestly have no idea. Like there's, there's such a, it invokes such a sense of freedom that it, it's definitely, it play it can totally play like a game. You could just totally take your time with and whatnot. But apparently that is not the goal that they had in mind with it. And like yeah. playing through it a second time, cause it's that good. I just, I can't help but go through it. Cause there, there are still some upgrades that I wasn't able to really get. So, you know, I'm just getting them to get them. Um, I'm now seeing where the game kind of encourages and like, it, it's got roguelike elements in a sense, like, you lose all your treasure, you lose your experience and everything, but I mean, it, well, it's not roguelike, it's like Dark Souls. You can go back and get it if you go back to that same spot in time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know, it's it's weird. I definitely recommend that for, for Vita uh, and PS4 uh, before I recommend, you know, getting that on, on anything else. Um, but I did want <clears> to... <throat> Fuck, man, I don't remember what else I was going to say. There was one particular game that's really caught my fancy. Oh, on iOS. Um, and it's weird, too. It's... Uh, Hearthstone. No, totally not Hearthstone. I've been wanting to get on Hearthstone. Have you don't played Hearthstone? I think James is the only one that's been playing. Uh, Hearthstone I played on PC, and now that's on iPad, that... Yeah, I do that a lot on iPad now. It's dangerous business. It really is. Um... Well, we're talking about the same game, right? Hearthstone, the card game that Blizzard made. Yeah, but no, I uh, I haven't been playing it. Um, I've actually that the game I'm talking about is there's two games that I've been playing on iOS. Um, first game that I'm talking about is Horn, which is weird. Uh, it's this beautiful, beautiful touch adventure game that kind of has like a fable vibe to it, but like through singularly focused like eco like storytelling like the contrast between those two is very like even to the point where like it like has a a one horned hero and you know as you're going about and you're basically like you're this amnesiac trying to kind of discover what's going on and move about like you're given all these opportunities to make decisions but you're you're done so like they're they're all very quick decisions that you don't think have much impact and then they come back later to get you like i don't know it's a very it's a very charming game that has like this this humbleness about it that i really dig and i mean i don't remember it being too much but like it's it's been the hotness on ios so far i mean if anything the one thing that people talk about is just like the shittiness of the touch controls but it's pretty cognizant of like it's a it's pretty cognizant of like the contextual points of uh, touching and, and recognizing it. Like they're the quick timey events uh, are actually pretty cool. The swiping uh, of whatnot. It, it basically like anytime you get into combat, it immediately puts you in a completely different frame of uh, animation to where you're swiping and countering and doing stuff. So 
it's it's almost like an action RPG in a sense, but it can also be active. And then anytime you're moving around and jumping from platform to platform, like you're constantly making sure that you're you're touching and swiping in motion, so that way you don't fall or otherwise get yourself lost. Um, basically, lose out on 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 fucking yourself up and going down into the abyss. There's a there's tons of swiping and shit involved, but it I don't know it it's it feels very organic to the game and it's beautiful, it mm. is insanely beautiful, but yeah I I I didn't think I'd really make that sort of juxtaposition like this game reminds me of Eco and Fable all at once, but uh, I definitely recommend downloading it especially for anybody who has iOS I don't know if it's on Android though but it's uh, it's simply called Horn yeah I don't think it is on Android I'm pretty sure that was like an iOS exclusive game pretty sure. Yeah, but it's got a beautiful art style to it. Um, also, like I've been messing around with uh, some other games. Uh, I got to check out Wind Up Night Two. Um, oh, and you know, I'll go ahead and treat everybody to this. Uh, there is one particular Flappy Bird clone that I totally <laughs> recommend. I, 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 I have downloaded this too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, and it's geez. amazing. I'm just I'm just gonna go ahead and and get it ready for the podcast because like pretty much like this this game is essentially personified all of our wants. But uh, it's it's Street Flapper. It's Street Fighter meets Flapper. <laughs> and... <laughs> yep, that's a... Oh, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But playing playing with uh, Dalsim is kind of hard, though. Uh, you don't get to play with Dalsim. Dalsim's no. actually the obstacles. Oh, he's the one that hits you. That's right. Which one am I thinking of? Uh, is Ken the one Sagat that does the... Or, no, Ken, Ken is just Shoryukens. Okay. One of them does a kick, and the kick uh, one's kind of hard. Uh, that would be Guile. Guile, he does, yeah, he does, like, the, yeah. the, the moonsault kick thing. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, at, that's, any that's point, at any point, does Sagat say, try again, kid? No, he just goes, no. like, dude. Tiger. Tiger. Tiger uppercut. No, it's just Tiger. Um, Hold on, but Blanca is definitely the, the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goddamn Street Fighter. Yeah, uh, Balrog is also pretty ridiculous. I never even knew that he like grunted that way. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it, it's it's definitely just become the uh, uh, fucking the addiction that fucking Vega. All right, hold on. I'm going through all of them now. Uh, Chun Li is also ridiculous, and they they all move in the same kind of way too. Well, all right, that's enough of that. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't even remember who's my best, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of Street Flapper and a lot of uh, Wind Up Night 2, and oh, there is actually one other iOS game that, uh, you know, and I blame Rob Rich for this, completely blame him for this, but now it's it's like a fucking cult following. I, I like, I'm just trying to get more and more people to play this fucking game with me. Uh, have you guys heard of the game called Space Team? No. What does it do? Okay, so Space Team... You have to play it with other people. There's no way you can play it with, with by yourself. And uh, essentially, what it is is oh it, well, I'm a hermit. Too bad, I guess. Well, no, I mean, I don't know if Ren has got an iPhone as well, but like, it's it's that fun. It's that fun to convince. Like, if you guys go to work, I, and you know people who have iPhones. It's it's mm-hmm. free. You can convince people. Or either it's free or it's only like ninety nine cents, but it's worth it. Essentially, what you're doing is uh, once you guys have all connected with each other via Bluetooth. You guys uh, are essentially all manning the cockpit 
of uh, a ship. However, you're being given directions that you need to shout out for someone else to do. Ah, uh, so you have to do it locally. Yeah, you have to do it locally. Uh. So, like, for example, you'll see in, in like, these things are, are a certain time limit, and they're all, like, everybody will have a different dashboard that constantly changes, and all the fucking ridiculous names or whatnot. So you're just like, twist a hoople nozzle! <laughs> flux the influxer! Uh, shove shove the, the jerker knocker! Like... You're just shouting these weird, stupid things, and you know everybody has to pay attention to see you know whose screen has the corresponding shit. And like the closer you are to imminent destruction, whether it be by like a, a fucking impending comet or toxic like fucking atmosphere or a meteor shower, like your panel will come apart. So you need to actually repair the panel, swipe it back into place, and then do the motion. Whether you're tapping, pushing, swiping, rotating. You're doing all of these things, and basically it gets harder and harder as you go. But you you earn stats that basically operate into where you, you're you're able to. Uh, essentially, the game gives you kind of a break and gives you perks in, in your reflexive touches with the screen. It's really simple, but super fun. Like, I mean, like you, dude, like you get into it. You this will either make or break your friendship. <laughs> whoever you play this with. Yeah. But yeah, meet uh. Rob Rich. We're like playing it for a good while and then when i when i left like pax and gdc uh, i immediately found everyone that i could with an iphone to download it and we've we've had some space team sessions so uh definitely we we definitely got wild with it uh let's see last game that i really kind of want to talk about because like i said i've been playing mostly portable uh stuff and whatnot too and like i did touch on steam world dig Street Flapper, Space Team, Horn. I feel like there's something that I'm fucking missing. I kind of feel like I, I touch on everything else that we we've all kind of every everybody else kind of played the same thing. Man, it's on. It's really like on the tip of my tongue, and I don't remember. Oh, um. Well, no, we can talk about that on the next show. I, I was gonna talk a little bit about NES Remix, but other than that, nah, man. I, I've been. It, it's nice though. Have you know? Like, have, we've all been appreciative of the nice little lull that we've got. For releases, yeah, I don't know what yeah, you're talking it, about, jeez, yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand, like in terms of like big releases, like like console releases and stuff like that, but that just means that there's a lot of indie stuff that you could definitely jump into, you know. Well, I mean, I, 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 I feel like there's a lot of indie stuff, a lot of green light stuff going on right now. Uh, there are so many shmups that have come out in the last while and are still coming out that it's kind of unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tinker Story. I think a good time to uh, do it though. That's for sure. Doing that, yeah. and then shit. We've got review copies for Life Goes On, Full Bore. Um, we've got one of our new writers, uh, and sh- hopefully soon to be caster. By the next episode, she's working on the Last Federation. I mean, it it, it it's definitely kind of returned back to the digital space. Mm-hmm. But um, the next game I'm going to be super stoked to play is Crypt of the Necro Dancer. I really didn't get to talk too much about it, but man, it. That fucking game, dude. Like, I, I, I can see myself twisting my ankle just from getting fierce with it. But like, just how like, oh man, like it, how intuitive it is between movement and like the beats. Like, like it, it, in the game like that, I feel like soundtrack is is fucking vital, not just like a bonus. And the soundtrack that they have to complement the different stages and obstacles around them, it's insane. 
Like you guys have checked that one. I, well, I remember me and you checked it out at PAX Prime, but then like they people like wreck shit on it so hard they broke the dance pad and like now the mm-hmm. dude's got like a pro arcade dance pad that he customized for it so very nice very nice oh man i just i i really hope that that kind of goes beyond like it kind of ekes its way beyond steam and like because you know i don't i don't have any usb friendly dance pads i want i want to get that shit oh, i just hope it doesn't have like a connect version that make me sad. <laughs> would make me sad. I don't think so. I, I doubt it. Yeah, you want to go into select feedback? Surely. Sure. Yeah, yeah we've got it, it's all Game Boy related, so we might as well, you know, start select feedback and then immediately go exchange some, exchange some feature topic in and out. And let's get to the. Uh, they're all emails. Um, didn't really get a new voicemail. Uh, you know, and you guys, we still have a voicemail line. You guys can totally call and do that. But I think I feel like people forget that their phones are capable of calling. Calling people, yeah, yeah, no. The, the, we we can get, like like have them text us. Yeah, they can text to call us. Text to call, yeah, yeah. That, that works. <laughs> yeah, and that's then a, there we go. The we can hear your robot voices. Um, but yeah, first one comes from Kevin. Kevin writes, Hey, Press Box Radio, my first ever Game Boy was the bundle package that came with the white brick Game Boy and Tetris. I don't exactly remember how old I was. I want to say maybe 10 or so, which, let's see, I'm trying to remember, like, that came out in what? Because 25 years ago, so 89? 89. It was it was made in, well it was released in eighty nine and that bundle pack was actually continued up through ninety two. Oh, yeah, all right, that would make sense. So, or I should say ninety one. Ninety one definitely. Yeah. Had I known better, I would have saved the original box. That's still one of the most expensive bundles out there. Uh, and but other than that, I have all the original contents to that day. Brick Game Boy just hangs out on my shelf. Uh, the main Tetris theme has also been one that's been stuck in my head for years, and it's probably one of the most iconic video game songs I will ever remember. Um, it's really weird too because, like, I I enjoy Tetris, and what's funny is that, um, are you guys familiar with the Tetris documentary that they did to find like the best Tetris player in the world? Uh, it was actually done. Funny enough, it was done by. Uh, not Robin Chow, Robin something. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. He was actually one of the uh, participants within uh, one of the old Nintendo World Championships. He put the documentary together. It, Ecstasy of Order. Okay, yeah, that's what it's called. But yeah, he basically decided to you know, go about and try to track down the world's best Tetris player. And uh, he even got fucking Thor Ackerland 
uh, involved as well. His uh, pseudo arch nemesis, not really. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that guy. Man, have you guys ever seen that documentary? It's really good. Like, I mean, if it's not if it's on Netflix, I probably haven't. Uh, it's, <laughs> I have all the, docu- all the documentaries I watch are on Netflix now. Yeah, I them. haven't I haven't seen the documentary, but I have seen Thoracolin's mug in old game magazines. So. Oh, dude, he's he's aged particularly well. What's crazy though is he got in this insane uh, accident that's kind of messed with his motor functions and whatnot. But even then, within the documentary, he set uh, he set a world record during the documentary on Tengen Tetris. Like first nice. try, and then he achieved the, uh, you know, the fabled like line thirty achievement, where instead of like you know maxing out the score, uh, and just settling there, he actually was able to elevate from line twenty nine to line thirty, and he, he got that done within the, uh, even though no, like everybody said that that was a rumor that it was it would totally never happen, it's not real, and he actually proved that it is a thing. And, uh, yeah, but it's all—it's a bunch of dudes from Nintendo H. You can actually watch the uh, documentary for free if you have a Crackle membership, or if you're on Crackle, and Crackle's free, so you can totally get in on it from there. Um, but yeah, it's a great documentary, and funny enough, like there there's some hardcore Tetris fanatics there, like people that live, breathe, and eat Tetris. But it's all Nintendo NES Tetris. Like it's that's weird. weird. It's in, yeah, exactly. Like, it's insanely weird. Like, and they kind game, of uh, to my knowledge, Game Boy Tetris set the standard. Like, it had like good feeling score. It's kind of synesthetic, I know, but uh, it it felt right. Whereas the NES version didn't quite feel as right. I, it's just it's so weird to me because yeah, like when I think of Tetris, and I, I just feel like that's uh, something synonymous with Game Boy, and. I, I but you know what somebody uh, kind of added in because we like I said we we shared talking about this conversation um, that every casual fan of uh, the t- you know of Tetris is is basically those are the people that treat that 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 relationship to be synonymous with the Game Boy every every like hardcore hardcore uh, Tetris fan they're all they're all about the NES version. Um, and it was Robin Mihara. Well, okay, so you say NES version. Is that like the Nintendo published one or the Yeah, Tengen the Nintendo published one. No, they, they play the Tengen one fucking around, but they don't acknowledge the Tengen one either. <laughs> um, the only other one that they acknowledge is that Akira, or I'm sorry, no, the Eureka Arcade Tetris, like Tetris, oh, fuck, what is it? Tetris Party? No, not Tetris Party. No, no, no the, the Arcade. Ross Hudson, yeah. I don't remember uh... the Arcade. Hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, and funny enough, Arika, they're the same people that are doing like all the uh, current like Dr. Mario games. Like they did Dr. Yeah. Luigi. But yeah, they, they also, also did... they also did like Endless Ocean and uh, they did a shmup too. It was called Tetris Metal the Force? Grandmaster. That's the fucking Tetris arcade game. Ah, there you go. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it, it's really weird that like oh, fucking that you know it, it that, that that there wasn't really a whole lot of acknowledgement for the Game Boy there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, I will say that it, the the subtlety, like the uh, the simplicity of the uh, the Game Boy's uh, composition, definitely uh, won me over more than the 
than the NES one. But let's go ahead, let's let's move on to the next email. Alright, so this one's from Doug. Doug, Doug. writes. I got my first Game Boy when they released it in different colors. I got Tetris and Metroid 2, as well as Street Fighter 2 and Killer Instinct. You poor bastard. Mm. <laughs> uh, I love Killer Instinct on Game Boy. Yeah, Killer Instinct on Game Boy was actually pretty good. Yeah, but Street Fighter on the other hand. Street yeah. Fighter on the other hand, and Metroid 2. And funny enough... Uh, oh, okay, I'll... we're going to have words here, I think. Yeah, that's the yeah, same Met- word. Metroid 2, Metroid 2 is pretty good, just saying. No, it's terrible. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah You're... yeah. Oh my god, this is a Jen Frank on Twitter all over again. Yeah. Fucking... <laughs> no, it... It's not, though. I mean, Samus is huge, ugly, moving around is clumsy. It's it's dumb. It, it was one of those, like, too far for it. it. It was too ambitious for what it was, games. It just, it couldn't, like, couldn't do it. That's why, and I keep mentioning this, but have I, have I talked about another Metroid 2 remake before on the show? You have. It It's only getting better. It's only getting better, and I feel like, you know, if Nintendo... If Nintendo got about the gone about getting on top of this thing the right way, thank God, the right way, hopefully the right way, but luck would probably have it that they won't. But moving on, if they if they just got on on with it the right way, like you know we and, and it, it's it's a game that's ripe, just fucking ripe for the remake and what they're doing with it, applying like the sort of zero mission treatment and enhancement and actually making it um, playable is uh, actually really good and it takes all those cool ideas that were in it because I will say it had cool ideas for what it you know it was especially in a Metroid game but like oh man that game was terrible uh, Metroid Sansvania yeah uh, definitely there wasn't yeah there was it's, it's definitely a, not a Metroidvania like Metroid game weirdly enough kind of like other M almost Metroidvania-esque <laughs> Just uh, well, I mean, like I said, rule rule to the rule. Everything's Metroidvania until we say so. Um, there you go. I like that. We're yeah. the deciding factor. We're the we're the fucking authority on it. Um, have you played Metroid Two? And we'll we'll get into that. I don't <laughs> have know I played you... Metroid Two. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't I don't play any games that are worth playing. Apparently. Well, let's get back to Doug's email. Oh, sure. here we go. So. I recall being completely underwhelmed by all four. I bought oh. them all so I would have something to do on our holiday trip to see my grandparents who lived 3,000 miles away. The Jeez. trip was a total disaster. My grandparents fought so much that we did not stay the whole time, and our van broke down on the way home. And we had a two-day layover in a crappy Howard Johnson, where I put that system through its paces. Mainly Tetris, though. Sounds like a movie, like National Lampoon's <laughs> like, game, game Boy Vacation. Like, I'd fucking watch that. <laughs> well... I I can only like it 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 it, it almost sounds like a a fantastically romanticized depiction of Americana. I mean, yeah. how how many times have you honestly heard of Howard Johnson? Like, I completely forgot those things fucking existed. Yeah, yeah. Back um, then they did. Back when Game Boys were first, uh, you know, around. But more though. It, it's weird though. Yeah, I gotta admit, it totally sounded like the Lost Harry and the Henderson sequel that we never got. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine anyone driving three thousand miles to see anyone, let alone family. Like that's <laughs> that's the reason why you live three thousand miles away from them. There's a reason. Pen pal. I'm sorry. I mean to offend Here. you or your family, Doug. No. Well, I'm pretty sure. I mean, 
He, I can only assume Doug's a grown man now, so they're probably yeah. on better terms. Now, granted, I flew 7,000 miles to see George, but, you know. That, yeah, that's another mistake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely, well, I, don't, I really don't know what, what does, only to apologize? Yeah. I guess it's say <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Apology <laughs> accepted. Oh, I love you bastards. Oh, I know. All right, we got we got one here from Tino. Tino writes, I remember my first Game Boy, the original brick. brick. Had Tetris and Super Mario Land. Then yes. one day, I got to go to the pawn shop and buy Metroid 2. It was the best, except then my dumbass let some kid at school borrow it, and I never saw it again, mm-hmm. ever. Well, of course. I mean, that's a weird thing, too. That, like, funny enough, like, before Pokemon came around, like, it, it, the Game Boy was, like, this weird thing that you talked about, but you never brought, because, like, I, everybody, like, in my neck of the woods, they just got their shit stolen. Like, every field trip, to the point where they were outlawed on field trips, just so the school could avoid the liability yeah. of dealing with theft. Yeah, they got fucking stolen all the time. Um, and And it's weird, too, because, like, you know... I, like I said, before Pokemon, like it was just weird to see anybody with a Game Boy out in public. You, This was something that we basically played at the dinner table. And like my, and, and you know, I'll get into it. I remember I, I like on the actual birthday of the Game Boy, I, I went on a crazy rant about it. Um, there was one particular game that really sold me on the Game Boy, but I did have a best friend who had a Game Boy. And yeah, I was really underwhelmed by... All of the games he had. I think the like I said, the worst games that I still will have ever played on the Game Boy that I don't understand the the kind of cult following they had. And and luckily, luckily, one company has stepped up to uh, acknowledge that even in its fucking time, even in its heyday, its uh, quote unquote prime, that game was fucking shit. And uh, they they took the uh, responsibility to repackage it and actually. Uh, fuel all the right nostalgic sensibilities into a playable package. So you guys already know what the other one I'm talking about is Metroid 2 because it's dumb. Um, but Castlevania Adventures, and I remember that just being a fucking shit fest. It was terrible. It was awful. Um, but the music, the, the soundtrack was great. I remember that was being, uh, that was pretty impressive. There was actually one game before I actually get to the one game that changed my entire outlook on the Game Boy. Um, there was one particular game that I was pretty impressed with. There's two of them, actually. Um, the Battletoads game on Game Boy. Like, that one was actually pretty... I don't know. That one kind of... That. That's actually Yeah, it's like game. something... Somebody's Revenge or whatever. And then you guys are really going to laugh at me for this one, but it... I, I've gone back... I own it. I've gone back and played it, and it's pretty good. Uh, Robocop. <laughs> I am gonna laugh at you. <laughs> that one's great because, like, it, it's weird because you collect these collectibles. Um, it's basically like Vigilante meets a shooter. It's like China Warrior and Vigilante. Like, it's because you know the same kind of shit that I complain about in Metroid Two. Where yeah, I was gonna say. So okay, China Warrior has the biggest fucking sprite I've ever seen for a dude. And you say that Samus is too big on the well, screen? Because Samus is in this crazy, elaborately designed stage, and it's not even all that elaborately designed. I don't know. Uh, Robocop like was like a straight better. shooter. 
Robocop mm. isn't like, oh, I'm going to move around in these, like, catacombs or move around in, like, these elevated points of areas. There's a couple platforms and you just jump and shoot. That's all you're doing. You're jumping and shooting. And so it worked. Uh, and then you, the one area is that you jumped and shoot, you collected the bonus item, and then you basically had to piece together photos to, like, rebuild Alex Murphy's, like, lost memories before he was, like, a fucking dismantled cybernetic fucking mistake of, of human science. And he was an actual man. So, um, yeah. And that was sweet. Um, but, yeah, let's go ahead and go on to the next next little email here. We got one from Matt, and Matt writes, The Game Boy was always something that I wanted more than anything growing up as a kid, and it wasn't until Pokemon that I was finally able to get my hands on one. And the cool thing about it was, is I guess I got mine around the same time that everybody I knew got mine, and that's when the Game Boy became this thing. But I've gone back before, and I actually played some of the early Game Boy games pre-Pokemon. And considering George talking about it so much, I don't think he knows that DuckTales was one of the early games. And I actually really like DuckTales. I would especially say that it's one of the better Game Boy games in that time. I also got that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game in Manhattan Sewers. That one's also pretty good, and I can't understand why it got as much flack as it did. What's that? Follow the Foot Clan? Or yeah, Follow the Foot. There, no, it's like there's Follow the Foot Clan, and then Manhattan Sewers, or something like that. Because hmm. there's Manhattan Project on NES. There, dude, there's like yeah. a shitload well, of Team and T games on Game Boy. Yeah, like, there are. Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, uh, fucking hold on. Shit, I lost my place on this email. Hold on, getting back to it. Edit that shit out. Yeah, nope. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Yeah, but Pokemon was the one that did it for me. Then afterwards, before I knew it, I was buying Link Cables. I bought that Bomberman Max uh, game. And I also bought the Game Boy Camera and Printer. And before I knew it, I was printing off photos and pictures from Pokemon Snap and Pokemon Stadium on my Nintendo 64 before anybody else did see um nice yeah i it's weird too because maybe it's because of our age and whatnot like i don't know i'm a I'm, i feel like i'm an old fucker but then you guys give me shit because you guys are like oh we're old and you're not and whatever yeah, that's very true well i look older than all of you guys you look scarier than <laughs> <laughs> i will go with that well, yeah hey the good news is that ducktales on game boy is dirt fucking cheap uh, it's bought, like five bucks. I which bought is great. it. I bought it and um, I played it. And yeah, it's it's actually just the same game. Nice. It's the same. It's just fucking. And, but they did a pretty good job. I don't know. I like it. I think it's yeah. like the only Disney game that does that too. Like I don't think Rescue Rangers or Tailspin or anything like that have gotten their own little Game Boy uh, port. I think it's only Ducktales. So. DuckTales uh, 2 also got a port, too. Huh. Fuck off. It did? Yep, and it's only 15 bucks. Dude, I got to get that just from a duck collection. Yep. Um, you got, Have I ever told you guys that Scrooge McDuck's my favorite Disney character? Maybe. You guys never pay attention. I take back it. Oh, <laughs> nice thing. We don't care. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> we do care. We, we, we do care, George. We do. Stop it. 
only slightly. Mm. Well, this last email is from Jason. Jason writes, Whenever I think of Mega Man as strange... Uh, I'm sorry, God damn it! see, I'm already reading it wrong. Whenever I think of the Game Boy, as strange as it may sound, I always think of Mega Man. And it's so criminal that nobody's ever played the Game Boy games uh, as opposed to the NES games and reveres them in the same way. I always thought they were more interesting, and not only that, they weirdly had way more plot and way more uniqueness to them than that of the NES games. There were always like these new characters like Flint and a Punk. Sorry, I was just like I was trying to read that right up here. Is there a is there a character named Punk in the Game Boy Mega Man games? Uh, Mega Man uh, Five. Ah, oh, it's weird. Yeah, you also have a cat named Tango in Five. Ooh, Tango. Yeah. That's exotic. Is that- I always, but I always thought they were super awesome, and I was incredibly disappointed when Capcom canceled the Mega Man mm. anniversary collection for the Game Boy. Game Boy Advance, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was uh, that was a sad day. But if anything, whenever I think of Game Boy games, I always think of the same way they treated Wii games. They were never just straight ports of the games of their console cousins. There are always modifications or otherwise liberal takes on their console cousins that ended up being way better. That's the way I've always looked at portable games, and then that's sort of the philosophy I've applied towards the Wii, which is why I like the Wii. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, exactly. I, I love how that that went into, like, oh, the Wii's yeah. not so bad. <laughs> you know, me well, I'm, I'm about to make your day, then, because I actually agree. I really do enjoy the uh, the Game Boy Mega Man games quite a bit. I appreciate them for what they are. They're basically director's cuts of uh, of the console versions. And, you know, the console versions do control better. Um, but some of the remix music is pretty great on the Game Boy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I have Mega Man, the first three, like Dr. Wily's Revenge and the first uh, two and three. And they just, they, yeah, they just take Robot Masters, like, randomly from different games. And then they just throw them together. And then they... Sort I, of. Sort of. What they do is... Uh, they take the first four from the actual game, right? So, like, Mega Man 2 has, like, Woodman and, I think, uh, Heatman and a couple of others from Mega Man 2. But then the next four are actually from Mega Man 3. Same thing with Mega Man 3. The first four are Mega Man 3. The next four are Mega Man 4. And then Mega Man 4 is the same thing. And then Mega Man 5 is all new. It doesn't have anything to do with the other ones. So, like, you've got Mercury and Saturn. They're all named after planets in that one. Oh yeah, I remember that because they. I remember like thinking who the fuck those robot masters were when I went through like the Rockman and base cards. Yeah. Uh, Rockman and Forte, I should say. I'm just mixing my shit up now. Yeah, um, they're all detailed in that uh, robot masters guide that I bought at PAX. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I still need to get that. Yes, you do. And it's really good. Um, so. We can. De- I mean, we've, we've kind of. I would like to get in the future topic. Beto has been oddly quiet, and I have a sneaky feeling, sneaky, sneaky feeling. Because Sarah, Sarah's Sarah. like a Game Boy. No, Sarah, Sarah's Sarah. the Game Boy. God, Sarah, come on! Can you just pitch in once? <laughs> <Just start
I know so... you're going to say I haven't contributed because I don't know a whole lot about the subject matter. Well, yeah, I'm kind of curious. Did you did you grow up with a Game Boy? I, I didn't own an original Game Boy, no. I, I had to play my, my friends. I was too poor to have a game system, so I just played my friends. That is uh, no excuse. I, I know it's I not. Eight, when I was eight, I bought my own Game Boy. I got oh, a shit, job. Dude, it now. But, you probably, but you probably worked really hard to get one. I'm lazy. I did. <laughs> I'm super lazy. Um, but now, like, I used to play my friends a lot. I, I didn't get a Game Boy until Game Boy Color. Um, got Game Boy Color and, and uh, Pokemon Yellow. Still legit. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I, I love the shit out of it. Used to, um, I remember we took a trip to a, <laughs> a Christian music festival. It was a Christian Woodstock called Ichthus. Uh, it was like an eight-hour drive from where we lived. And that whole trip down there and that whole trip back, and pretty much the whole time I was down there, I wasn't praising. I, I wasn't getting into Christian you know, music and, and worship. I was playing Pokemon Yellow. And, and also, them all, yeah. I was catching them all, yeah, and it was awesome. Loved it. Um, As it but turns now, out, I, uh, hmm. um, Deiruna's first Game Boy was also a Game Boy Color, and it had a uh, copy of Pokemon Yellow. What color Believe was it? It was uh, yellow. Ah, uh, mine was green. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but now um, I, I remember the original one. I remember my friend having one and playing, um, like Super Mario, um, something six something. Super coins. Mario Land two, six the golden of the coins. Six yeah, golden coins. yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Uh, I'm pretty sure golf. There's like a Mario Golf on there. I thought there is. it was just called golf, but uh, yeah. just golf. Yeah, like and the, those two in particular, I remember playing a whole bunch. And yeah, I just I, I hogged that thing way more than I should have, but. Yeah, for me, it was nothing like it, you know, just a portable gaming system. Like, before that, I had all the Tiger, you know, like, games, the, the handheld Tiger games, and I thought that was amazing. Yeah, I thought that was the best thing ever. Some uh, of those have appreciated in value in recent years, eh? I remember well, I got a Mortal Kombat one, and that was the shit to me. Um, I, had, like, I don't I had, know like, if you guys remember that thing, Life like, Through like, the, the Pixel cards. Glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you guys remember that last Life Through the Pixel Glass that I did, um... There's actually, I'll, I'll pull it up in a bit to get the name. I don't remember the site, but there's a site that I found that actually has digitally emulated uh, every popular Game & Watch entire electronic game that you could just play as a browser game. And oh, where you actually, Yeah, no, it was actually one of the coolest things I think we've done, uh, covered or discovered uh, and, and, and exposed in life through the pixel glass. And, you know, you know we're kind of getting on in topic and just just kind of in contrast to like all the emails that we've read and you know, everybody may think this might sound blasphemous, but I I've held to it even before like we even consider getting into this topic, but I don't think anybody who didn't jump on the game boy boat right away fucking missed out on a lot. A lot of the early game boy games are awful. Like it's honestly like a giant surprise to me personally that the game boy was able to strive beyond all of its mediocrity within like, like I, I gave no shit about it. The one thing and like, it, here's me personally. Um, the one thing that super turned me on and that I had as a kid and I played and still did, I played both of them. But the one thing that I could romanticize about is the game gear, like everything that was game gear, especially because I love, Sonic, but like the Sonic games on the Game Gear played like what I would imagine Sonic to play like. Uh, and, and even then, a lot of the Game Gear games 
they they again uh, they're like Genesis cousins played pretty similar. And uh, as we've talked about, I'm that weirdo that liked Echo. So Echo on Gear was great. The Disney games on Gear were great. Castle Illusion was pri- it was the exact same game, like the exact same game as it was on Genesis. Like I remember X Men being incredible. Columns like I could go on and on and name like all these. And there were all these weird games too, like Tales Adventure. I totally uh, t- need to get uh, Gunstar Heroes for Game Gear. Gunstar Heroes is weirdly accurate to the Genesis. Like, it's, know, right? And it's funny, too, because, like, the Game Gear is essentially a portable master system. But the yeah. master system is a fucking powerful piece of hardware. So it it, it, it was, like, any time that, like, the Game Boy did, was mentioned, it, it didn't, like, when I looked at it, I saw, like, these shitty uh, Bartman meets Radioactive Man uh, like the shitty license, like the only thing that really like caught my eye. And again, I read Nintendo Power, so I knew of all like, like the Game Boy take on Fire and Ice was really cool. Um, but then for everyone, I'd see like the like these really shitty games, like games that I I wouldn't see spending all this money on. Um, like Million Secret Castle on Game Boy is fucking terrible. Uh. Jesus, there was like a there is a Bible game where it was literally just the Bible, just the that Bible, you could yeah. read on the I, Game Boy. I think I've heard about the that, King, yeah. the King's, the King James Bible is what it was. Yeah, um, but there wasn't a whole lot. Um, and like the one game that like really made me want to get a Game Boy, and I'll I'll never forget it. So I got I got a brick Game Boy, but I didn't get the original one. Um, I actually, and and I'll and I'm fucking. I'm not happy like as an adult in in that spoiled entitledness because I got the brick Game Boy a month before the pockets were launched mm. and the pockets weren't even like publicized or advertised they were like a surprise like I don't think Nintendo really got that whole like uh you know the ad- well it was weird cuz nobody really re-released a system like that commonly like the only other systems that were re-released like that they did the top loading nintendo uh around that time and they didn't even publicize that really and then like the 2600 junior i can only think of so like you know remodels weren't really thing sega Sega saturn was one that was released without any warning too yeah well i mean but you knew it was happening though it just didn't not like that though not even the developers knew (laughs) True, but where I'm going with this though is that like, fucking, uh, <laughs> just it, it wasn't even like you, you. It didn't even get talked about in like Nintendo Power. You know what I mean? Like it just happened. That that's the way I remember it. But anyway, I got the transparent color, and mm-hmm. um, and I still have that Game Boy. But the one game that totally like. I like I didn't even look at my Game Gear. I just played the shit out of it, and it's weird because there for the people who did play it and play it in its time, they'll fondly look back at that game. A lot of people still haven't played it, which mind mind boggling, especially the fact that it's been re released on uh, Virtual Console. But Donkey Kong ninety four, Donkey Kong ninety four was incredible, and that like was that, a pretty good game. It yeah, is an I amazing game. And what's funny is that Donkey Kong ninety four. Uh, it possessed me to because uh, this is something they were advertising heavily, not only in Nintendo Power, but on TV around the same time. And I 
man, I just wanted it. I just wanted the shit out of it. It was a Super Game Boy. That was one of the Super Game Boy games, yeah. Yeah, and that used the Super Game Boy color, and it was incredible. But even then, like just all the stuff that I got to do with the Super Game Boy, and I had, uh, I had a Mario Paint mouse and everything too, and yes. Mario Paint. So I got to actually design my own backgrounds and whatnot. But I, I for a majority of all of my Game Boy games, I uh, then funny enough uh, sold my Game Boy uh, to a friend. And then, like, basically bought a pocket and then kind of ran into the same thing where I bought a pocket. Uh, but this time I had more warning about it. It's just that, like, I, I just wanted a Game Boy again. Uh, so that way I can trade more Pokemon. Um, but I bought a pocket before the color came out. But, yeah, every Game Boy game that I played and, I mean, I bought. And it was really cool is the Super Game Boy came with, like, it came with not only a mini play. It was, like, a half catalog, half player's guide that came a free package within it. But it came talking about like all of these other games and like, you know, I, I picked up Wario Land 3 uh, because of that that book. I I did also pick up on golf. Um, I picked up on shit. What was an RPG that I picked up? Oh, Final Fantasy Legend 3. Like there and, and I did. I played them all primarily on my Super Game Boy. And then when we got yeah. Pokemon, I did not play Pokemon on its first year. Like on a Game Boy, uh, I actually bugged it bugged the shit out of my friends because any point that I wanted them to trade me a Pokemon, I'd have to borrow their Game Boy and put my game in it. And then but what's weird is they all came <laughs> over to my house and we all played it on my TV and my Super Nintendo because I was the only one that had a Super Game Boy. Um, Did you know that there's actually a Super Game Boy, too? I did not like for this Nintendo 64. Super Famicom. I didn't. I have the Super Game Boy on the Super Famicom. Yeah, no, Super Game Boy Two has a link port. Whoa, really? Yep. Oh yeah, it's transparent blue. See, and that's the thing too. Uh, funny enough, um, we uh, the Game Boy Player is funny enough how I play a lot of my Game Boy games now, and that has link ports to it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, w- the last game we actually played, and I really, really want to do like a, a local limelight of it at some point, is Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, which, by the by, guess what kind of game that is? Metroid Metroidvania. Yeah. It's a, Metroid- it's a multiplayer Metroidvania game, and it's fucking crazy. Because everybody can be in different parts of the world, and then they can call each other in their cute Kirby cell phones when they need to meet up and be together. And they'll multi multi Kirbyroid mania. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, man, I'm surprised we really didn't mention that on the show. Uh, the, the the never came up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so many other fucking games did. Uh, they're, all, they're all Metroidvania. So oh, every every game's Metroidvania. Forget. But yeah, um, it's really weird because like. Up until the DS, well, no, I, I take that back. Up until the SP, the SP is probably the best hardware I'll ever see Game Boy wise. I don't think I've really, well, I like the Pocket too. The Pockets, they had like a really sharp contrast and they were honestly black and white too. They weren't like this weird. Yeah, the, they weren't green, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I, like every now and again, I, I picked up a clear uh, European one at like the Value Village for just a few bucks. And uh, I, I use that every now and again, despite having obviously more superior uh, versions of the Game Boy to play. 
Well, uh, what I've been kind of wanting to get my hands on just to check it out, but I, I hear it's like the, the best way to really play uh, older Game Boy games on the go without really having to go with like an SP or whatnot is the Game Boy Lite. And you can't, and that, that thing's region free. So you can import games for it. But um, yeah, that was essentially me, man. Like, uh, basically, my Game Boy memories all come about life hacking the Game Boy and not playing it on the go but all my fondest memories are mostly concentrated on the super game boy (laughs) um but once i got a game boy camera i didn't sell my pocket or anything and then like i not only held on to my pocket but i also eventually got a uh the the gold and silver game boy color and then i had that for a hot minute before i got an advance and then I made sure to get like every Game Boy iteration. But I, I mean, we've talked about this. I've never been too much of a portable playing uh, kind of gamer in a sense. But like, it wasn't until the PSP came out that I really like made sure to carry a portable system on me. And like I said, I mentioned earlier in the show, like one of my favorite portables of all time, and like I constantly play at least once every other day is my Vita. And it's weird. I feel bad because like everybody kept bitching about how like there are no games on a Vita and now there are games coming out for the Vita and it's like such a huge selection. Nobody's fucking playing it. Yeah. Makes me sad. Um, what about you, Sarah? Let's hear let's hear a Game Boy memory from you. All right. Well, the Game Boy. Uh, I remember getting my first Game Boy again when I was eight. Uh, I had saved up all of my money for it. We went to a Toys R Us and it just fucking blew my mind. All these uh, great great looking games for the game boy and remember my father bought me super mario land to go with it and that's all i ever played was super mario land and that game uh, is not age well maybe not but it still holds quite a bit of nostalgia factor so i have it on my 3ds as well uh i, I had the u.s version i had the i've got the japanese version too i chanced upon one at the uh the mom and pop store so um, yeah, I'm I'm not a, a, averse to uh, to buying multiple copies of it, despite its less than reputable uh, uh, sort of presentation and such. But uh, but yeah, no, I I, um, I actually got my RPG start on the Game Boy, uh, and the first RPG that I ever played was uh, the original Final Fantasy Legend, which. Uh, you know, uh, you said that you got Final Fantasy Legend 3. This is very, very much more primitive. Uh, if I really sat down and concentrated on it, I can beat that in less than a day. Um, it's just like a day's weird, time. Though. There's like all these games that I feel like have passed by. I feel like the Game Boy market early on was it wasn't properly marketed, A. And B, I felt like it was saturated. There's like so much shit like... It, it, okay, let me let me throw this out here, and like hopefully, like both you guys can agree, like especially with our experience and what we deal with, we all have no matter what we've heard of an NES game at least once. Like it's very rare that I hear oh, yeah. of an NES game that I've never heard of before. Like I have a pretty good understanding of nearly every game in the NES, and then the same could be said about the Super Nintendo, as, as far as the American Super Nintendo, at least. I still find to this day Game Boy games that I have never fucking heard of. I'm talking about like Game Boy games, not like even then Game Boy Color games. Like Lucky Luke, the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's based on a comic book character. Yeah, the, I, I, 
you know, I, I I've gotten the privy to that, but I mean, there there's so many. There there Bonk Bonk had a Game Boy game. Felix the Cat had a Game Boy game. Yes, you uh, did. Like like I said, there's so many Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fucking games. Like more than one. Ghostbusters had a goddamn Game Boy game. I never even knew that. There are so many games that yeah, yeah, it's it's insane to me. And I mean. Like I said, they're they're some of the main ones, and then there's like, what is it? There's I think there's one called the Avenging Avenger. <laughs> like, there's that balloon fight. Balloon fight was on. Uh, it was called the, Balloon Kid. It was more of a like there was actual stages to it. Yeah, and then like you know Gargoyles Ex- Quest. I remember. Uh, yep. There's that. The good version of Kid Icarus is on Game Boy. A lot of people don't know that. Like good Kid Icarus. Um, fuck, man. And it's really weird. And yet, like, there's only one Zelda game other than, like, you know, the Oracle games. There's Link's Awakening, which, you know, that that game is definitely, like, is is very well known and whatnot. So I'm not, I'm not exactly doubting that. But there's, dude, there's, like. And if you haven't played it, you should. Yeah, I absolutely agreed. Um, I mean, it's also, I believe it's also available on, uh. The Virtual Console. Yes, it is. The, D, the D, Virtual D, Console still a thing. Well, on, on 3DS. 3DS. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. That. Right. By the way, that site that it's I was the, talking about, where you can play like digital emulations of electronic games, I'll, I'll show ne- a link, uh, show note it too. It's uh, Pika Pick. You guys were to look up Pika Pick right now, you could totally uh, look up like fucking like so many different fu- like they, I think it's got like nearly every game game and watch game too I'm sorry go on sir oh, I was just gonna say uh, the one the Zelda game that's on the virtual console is uh, the, the the original it's the DX version that was re-released for Game Boy Color oh well yes. I mean it's the same which game which is fine other- yeah it's, it's, it is the same game it's just got color and it's got a couple of Game Boy printer functions yeah I mean and even in like what was fuck okay so I'm trying to remember the other like launch title like the launch titles for it were Super Mario Land, uh, and then Tetris. Yep. Uh, tennis. No, I don't think anybody fucking played that. And Alleyway. You guys remember Alleyway? It was just fucking Breakout, but it was Nintendo yeah. Nintendo branded Breakout. Yeah, and with Mario as the pilot. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Remember uh, what is it? Is it Mario? Pico or Mario Picross. Picross, yeah. That that fucking game has gotten so like it's got a cult following. It's fucking weird. Yeah, I still don't know what it is. Either. I still don't know how to play it. I don't understand how people play it. It I, has to do with like the numbers on the sides and some sort of mathematical you already lost numbers and yeah. Math. See, that's just it. I'm an artist, not a calculator. Mm. Yeah. Um but it, it and it's so funny too, just because like we kind of look at some of the technological leaps. I mean, so the uh, the Game Boy went from the brick Game Boy to the Play It Loud Game Boy, which is a transparent one. That's the one I got. I, I'm well, looking. Well, it was at also it. you know black, green, red, and right. It was a yellow one as well, and, and there, was, there was five colors, and then the the gray one. Yeah, but apparently it's more than just like color. Uh, the the screen was basically much broader and like the uh, liquid crystal like it was actually like a small bit of technological advancement it wasn't until like the big advancement which 
is, is it weird to say this day and age that like the Game Boy Pocket was the most prominent over like a modified backlit screen and the fact that it only used two AAA batteries as opposed to the four AA's? Yeah, but AAA's are more expensive. I I think that's just a Canadian thing. No, no, they're they're more ex- you get less of them for the same price as double A's. Really? By and large, yeah. Mm. That's weird. I don't know. Um, I don't buy batteries anymore. If something requires batteries, I throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that shit. Give me a charger. Get get you a charger? Charger. Char char charger chowder? Char chowder. Char- Char- oh God! You're turning Boston. What happened? Chaja. Yeah, but I like Chaja. But even then, you know, was also a really big uh, who had a really big Game Boy presence that we haven't talked about. And I will say this: uh, I was able to discover him. Like I said, everybody has their gateway game. But Kirby, Kirby started out on Game Boy. Yeah, he did. Uh, mm. Kirby's Pinball Land, probably the one. There was a lot of pinball games. Uh, funny enough, and they're all <laughs> like a lot of Nintendo pinball games. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't um, know. I, I, should I been, should been what they did, that, just uh, make pinball machines. Kirby's Dream Land or Kirby's Pinball Land kind of sucked. Fuck off! I was Kirby's super pinball. stoked for that game, and it sort of let me down hard. I really liked it. I also love Pokemon Pinball, but you know, it's also a game that nobody's played that I also really enjoy. See, I, I can get behind that one though. Mario Pinball for the Game Boy Advance. Yes. Oh, it's I actually remember that. Good. Yeah, but like, I'm just looking at like all like there again. There's so many things that I'm like. Finding that I never knew. Ex- Amazing Tater. <laughs> Amazing Tater. You are a... I mean, you're Tater not play. really a Tater Tot. Uh, but anyway, there's 716 games for the uh, the Game Boy before it goes to Game Boy Color. And, like, funny enough, like, there there's over 800, like, under 1,000 for NES, but I'm pretty familiar with almost all of those. Like, there's not, there's not a single... And he's going to be like, oh, I haven't heard about that at least once. It just, it's weird to me. Why do you guys think that, like, Earthworm Jim? There's an Earthworm Jim on the Game Boy. I have that. Oh, that'd be cool. I don't think it plays like it would. Probably not. It doesn't. Oh, here we go. Okay. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck is all on the Game Boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dino Breeder. That I don't know. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Disney's Aladdin, uh, and that's wow. That's the Virgin version. That's the Genesis version. That's weird. That is weird. See, like the Game Boy is constantly filled with like all this mystery, just because like I feel like there are these games that like people like latched onto, and there are so many games that like were completely overlooked. The like, game it's, that it's, I... it's a weird library. You can't say that about a whole lot of libraries. The, the game that, that hooked me more than any other, uh, even more than even Pokemon did, was uh, Final Fantasy Legend 2. I always felt that of the three, well, four, I guess, but uh, of the three Final Fantasy Legend games, which were actually saga games, it wasn't Final Fantasy at all. Um, of the three, the second one was definitely the best. Easy. It had a way better story. It had way better mechanics. Uh, the music was better. The overall... Uh, you know, gameplay and, and progression was smoother and it had the right sort of length to it. 
uh, it was just, I would go so far as to say that it's probably the best Game Boy game of all time. Final Fantasy Legend 2. It was phenomenal. So if you I, haven't played it, you got to play it. It's yeah, so, so good. Other than like Pokemon 2, what I mean, is there any other uh Game Boy game that you can think of? I mean, when did you finally get your own Game Boy? Me personally? Yes, you personally. Color. Color. You got a color? Yeah, color and uh yeah, Pokemon Yellow. Uh I remember I also played like I mentioned Killer Instinct. I uh played that. And then, you know, I eventually got into like the just Game Boy Color games, like you know, I mean, is that really something we can talk about? I mean, we're talking about the original Game Boy. Yeah, though. we can talk about Game Boy Color. We, we're just talking about Game Boy. Period. The moment general, it goes to DS, you get the fuck out of here. Fair, fair. Okay, like I, I, I still have my Game Boy Color. I still play it. Like it's, it's. I don't play it as much anymore, but it still, still works. And I've got Legend of Zelda, uh, what Link's Awakening DX. Uh, I got Dragon Warrior Three. I want to say. Oh, that nice! Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. a great one. And then, and then Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons. Like I've got some good ones on there. It, it's weird because ba- ba- basically picked them up like right at the time when I first started working at the place that shall not be named. Um, when I first started working there, they were kind of phasing out their their color selection. Still had Advance, but they only had like three or four color games left, and those well, those were a few of them. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll take those. <laughs> and, and it was kind of a perfect storm too, because like Pokemon brought the Game Boy to the mainstream, and then after that, like, I was, don't know. I think uh, I think the Game Boy was brought to the mainstream well before that. Nope. Uh, yes, it, it didn't get its own Wizard movie. It outsold every single one of its competitors, even in its early stages. Yeah, easily. And the reason is that for saying that, a whole lot is that yes, honestly saying a whole lot. It is because the its competition was so technologically superior, it shouldn't have succeeded. But it, really it did because have. of Tetris. It really it shouldn't have. Te- but I, I feel like it was Tetris that gaming brought it to was the mainstream. so infantile during its like supposed prime that, like I said, I'm really surprised that it endured. Like. Call me a cynic, but I feel like portable gaming should have been something that that should have made like a fucking renaissance or something just because we (laughs) fucked it up so badly and yet it still went. And like, I will say that the Game Boy, you know, for all intents and purposes, fucked it up the least. But I I, I will say that it had the the endearing cultural sensibilities of like the always on the go Japanese company Nintendo. Uh, And even then, like, like I just discovered a Kirby game that I've never fucking heard of. I'm like I'm looking through like the 716 games, Kirby's Block Ball, it's Kirby, it's Kirby's Breakout, essentially. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Kirby's Star Stacker. Never mind. I found another one. What the fuck is Star Stacker? Puzzle game. Yeah. What is weird? How it's about not... Tilt? Did you know about Tilt and Tumble? Oh, I knew about Tilt and Tumble. That one was like heavily talked about in Nintendo Power, and it was sweet too. You got to fucking move around your Game Boy and shit, and like. I know of all the weird, for the most part, I thought I did, knew of all the weird, like, one of my favorite Kirby games is Dream Course on Super NES. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was it called? It was called uh, Kirby, it was just called Kirby, Kirby Ball, I think, is all it was called in Japan. Yeah, um, it's it's like billiards and golf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I, fucking Kid Nicky. Kid Nicky is... On Game Boy, it's just it's so strange to me. Yeah, that it, was Game Boy Color, wasn't it? No, it, this is Game Boy. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of Little Nicky. My bad. Yeah, no, Kid Kid Nicky. Like it's like all these games, and yet 
I mean, I can I, I I can't say the same thing that I can name Game Boy Color games any better. But I mean, I I honestly have a better memory of them, like the Mega Man Extreme games, uh, the the Bomberman like that 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 Jason mentioned, the Bomberman Max and Bomberman game. Um, yeah. I the one thing that I remember that was super advertised and funny enough in Toys R Us was the Bomberman Wario crossover. Which is really weird, but they had a crossover game. Um, there's a Lawnmower Man game on fucking Game Boy. Jesus. Uh, that's so strange to me. Um, Lion King. Uh, Lion King is on Game Boy. I thought it was only on Game Gear. I've got that one too. Oh, man. It's just, I, I feel like there's such a treasure trove of library. Like, is it is it cynical for me to say that for all intents and purposes the Game Boy really should never have succeeded as well had it not been for the handful of games that put it on the map? Not cynical, but uh, no, it's it's true. It sh- it shouldn't have really succeeded, but uh, there were two factors that that made it succeed. It's cost effectiveness. It's battery. Well, okay, three things I guess: cost effectiveness, battery life, and uh, and library really i don't remember i mean yes a particularly good battery life oh yeah battery life was 20 hours you know what's funny is uh, i went through a toys r us catalog and like half of the peripherals were just uh cases that uh went over the game boy and either did two things uh lit the screen that plugged into the extension port and there were lights uh or they were uh battery extenders or they were magnifying screens yeah like at or that, combinations of, uh, of all, either all three of those, of those yeah. things. It's really weird. Yeah, it, you'll we've always seen those fucking stupid uh, like oh, yeah. peripherals. Um. Well, I don't know. Um. It, Andrew, I want to ask you a question because I feel like maybe maybe you can come to. Well, no, you guys will probably both gang up on me. I kind of feel like it's come full circle at this point. Like, I. I don't know. I really like my 3DS and I like finding games on it. But like the one saving grace, like the one thing that made Nintendo Nintendo and like I'm I'm championing for the Wii U, but I mean there's also some writing on the wall. I mean when like Nintendo's banking on fucking a Mario Kart sequel to kind of get them through the year, it's bad. <laughs> That's like <laughs> bad. But like I kind of feel like the 3DS is starting to run its course with me, man. I don't know. I at this point I feel like what I need out of a portable is connectivity. And like is it is it jaded for me to see that like the Game Boy the Game Boy is a pioneer of that concept. The Game Boy always had like a sense of connectivity with me between games and peripherals. Like as far as the Super Game Boy or the Game Boy Color and the transfer pack or the most connectivity definitely is the Game Boy Advance link cable and the Game Boy or the Game Boy the GameCube and the Game Boy Player. Like at that point, that's when like Nintendo were was on its shit with that entire concept, and then it just like it all drifted away. And like I don't know, I like every day that I'm experiencing like the wonder of remote play and cross save and all these different things. I feel like like I don't know the Game Boy. It's a fond memory and everything, but I look back and like it pioneered a lot of concepts that I was lucky to scrape by with. I I feel like I don't know, like I, I kind of mentioned before this recording that I played a little bit of the Mario Golf that's coming out for 3DS, like 
in I think like a matter of days. Like I think it's like the first week of May it's coming out. And and that game was like that was fun. And it kind of reminded me of what Nintendo portable systems have always done. Like, you know, very I guess now like people portable gaming systems are being played more than just like a little bit here and there. Like that's when I used to play a portable gaming system. I played it on road trips and I played it, you know, when I had a couple minutes to spare. But, you know, obviously mobile gaming being such a big thing now, you know, very pocket sized handheld gaming, you know, a couple minutes here and there. People aren't doing that on their portable systems like a 3DS or a Vita. They're playing for long periods of time. And and with Mario Golf, it kind of made me feel like, oh, I can jump in. I can play a few rounds and, you know, close it up and go back to what I was doing. And I think that's what portable gaming kind of started with. But I think now that they're trying to make portable gaming as powerful as console gaming, they kind of pull away from that portable experience, that, that handheld bite-sized experience. I have always felt that way, especially when the PSP sort of came onto the scene. Mm-hmm. I always felt that, uh, you know, if you're on the go and you're playing a game and it's like the console, like a console game, really big, really in-depth, it sort of doesn't have the right feel. And, yeah. you know, you, you want to be sitting on a couch and being comfortable with that, not waiting for a bus, you know? Yeah, but, but now missing the bus. <laughs> yeah, but now like mobile gaming is kind of taking that spot, and yeah. you know, and, and which makes sense because yeah, the other portable consoles didn't want to focus on a bite-sized gaming experience, and so you know, uh, you know, phones and mobile devices like media players kind of took that you know away from them, and I think now, you know, now they're trying to like reverse and kind of revert back to a pocket-sized handheld gaming experience. And I think it's kind of a little too little too late. Like, you know, mobile is, gaming yeah. on like iDevices and Android devices has kind of superseded that. So it's hard for them to go back now. And when they try, it doesn't seem like it's sincere. You and, know, so I, it has to be the right developer in the right game to give you an experience. Like, like I said, with Mario Golf, like it's easy to play. You play a couple of rounds. I mean, you obviously get like you've played a golf game probably before at one point in your life. So you know how to play, you know how to pick it up. You know, no tutorial, no, you know, crazy things going on. You play it a couple of rounds, you close it up, and then, you know, you get that itch. Do you want to play again? You open it right back up. And fuck, you can't even, I mean, you can do that with the Vita, I guess. You have, like, the lock screen. You know, lock it when you're done, unlock it, and, you know, just play a little bit more. But I feel like it needs to go back to that kind of experience or else it's not a portable gaming console. It's just a very, very small console in your hand. That's all it is. Well, and now Nintendo, you know, is finally confirming that, you know, back in January that it's it's finally getting into the realm of smartphone applications mm-hmm. and and what it's doing with Air. Basically it's showing off different titles that'll be coming on uh, onto the Wii U or the for it's a virtual console or or the three DS. I mean at at some point it I, I don't even feel like it, again that it, it's doing that doing it very very intelligently it's well, yeah, basically I'll, I'll, it's taking bite-sized bits yeah. of like these games and just like all right well here you can try it out here on your smartphone but then fuck your smartphone because yeah, you should be thing. playing it on our machines and, and then it's funny because like now they're even like taking portable games and putting them on a console like with the uh game boy advance games that you can play on the wii u now mm-hmm. like, the, like those games the became worthwhile DS long experiences well, yeah. Yeah, and they were long enough experiences to where they weren't really made for a portable system. They were you know, you could, something you could play just on your console, just maybe like a little bit lower graphical resolution. Uh, I, I, I guess it just feels kind of bad because I think now they've advanced it so far that if they do try to go back, it's not going to seem like it's sincere. You know, they're trying to capitalize or you know monetize 
what is popular now with mobile gaming. Um, and so like they've kind of forced themselves into, we have to go further with the games and the experiences. Um, but like you take something like bravely default on three DS, you know, finally these developers are seeing, okay, this is very old school in terms of like the RPGs that you might've played on your portable system back in the day. And now, you know, it's successful. So they want to try to focus on that kind of stuff again. And, and that's good. I think they really need to. But I, I really hope for Nintendo, for their current console or portable system, that they do try to focus on, you know, Nintendo properties, but make it in a very small bite-sized experience. Um, I, I guess the one that really would kind of win me back with 3DS would be Smash Brothers, Because that idea of like locally going and having a few friends like kind of circled around each other, playing Smash Brothers, fighting against each other. That seems like that'd be kind of cool. That'd be like when you used to fight, you know, because, you know, back then you used to play Pokemon like that. You don't clearly do that anymore. You know, with with the uh, online connectivity we have now, we're kind of spoiled. Ooh, I got something cool out of Wonder Trade the other day and I don't remember what it was, but I was actually, I was delightfully surprised. And I got a Rattata. Uh, a what? Pokemon a Bank. There you go. Yeah. No, it it it's ironic that that became like one of the hardest ever to find Pokemon, if not non-existent Pokemon. And like I don't know, I I find it hilarious. <laughs> I kept telling myself I'm going to throw a Master Ball because I still have my Master Ball. I never used it. I, everything I've caught has been in Great Balls, um, including all my legendaries. Next Rattata I see though, I'm throwing that Master Ball at. Anyway, continue. That's pretty much it. That was my rant. <laughs> there we go. Game I, it kind of turned into a rant. Apparently, it did. I didn't realize it. But yeah. like, but he, he, all I'm saying is these, that these like damn kids and their the, mobile gaming. The 3ds so, and, and the DS is is basically the new modern dynasty of, uh, that Nintendo has passed the torch onto to pioneer the spirit of the Game Boy, and now it's just you know it's to the point where like. Nintendo Nintendo isn't exactly the most forward-thinking bunch there anymore, so it, it's kind of weird that when we attributed them being forward-thinking in the past, in my opinion, they, they really weren't. It was, it was the perfect storm of shit that kind of accumulated to its success, and, it, and it's weird. I mean, if anything, it definitely makes it for a sweet little, little history hovel. Like, I have found a bunch mm. of games that I would love to, like, dive back into and get, like... You know, the, like I saw two Kirby games I've never even heard of that I would love to get, and I, I'm a, I don't know about you guys, but I, I am a Kirby fan, so. You need to get Final Fantasy Legend too. I actually got all the Legend games. It is like it's so good. I got the DS uh, remake. I I know I saw that you imported it. It's sad. It is it's so sad good, that, man. I still that's that's one thing too. Like, well, we'll get into that in that play play, but mm-hmm. um. What is it gonna say? Um, I will say this though: most forward thinking about thing about the Game Boy, uh, region free. That was there good. you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nintendo just now yeah. started going back on that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. Fuck well, shit. So <laughs> Sony, the Vita isn't fucking region free either. Yeah, it is. <sighs> Not well. I mean, the Vita TV isn't, but well, even the Vita TV is. It'll work. Yeah. Mm, not really. It's it's all because it's so digitally micromanaged within its account system. Well, okay, oh. so digitally maybe not, but physically it still works. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know how you lament the uh, the uh, unpopularity of uh, digital only. People still like their shit though. So. Yeah. I really want to be a TV to come here, please. I yeah. 
I, I, dude, and like, but even then, all the games that I want to play on Vita TV are not compatible with Vita TV. So, what about Ali Ali? Would that be compatible? Because fuck your shit, if that was on a big screen, <laughs> man, <laughs> that is not compatible on Vita TV. I'm a bitch. Oh, never mind. Yeah, exactly. Are you kidding me? I fucking play Ollie Ollie every goddamn fucking day, Andrew Hanshu. Don't you fucking call me out on my Ollie Ollie love, dog. Man, <laughs> I was gonna I'm, say I got gold stars up in this bitch. <laughs> yeah, that'll never happen with me. Nope. Yeah. I hope I hope Lift Rousers is uh, is compatible with Beta TV, but it's on Fuck, PS3. man. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. There's PS3. I'm hoping goodness. that Nuclear Throne comes out on Vita, man. It likely I need, will. I, I need to look into that. That it's looks kind of interesting. It's so good. So good. I've actually been... Funny enough, I, I forgot to talk about how I've been playing. Because, like, when me and Ballsrog did it for the, the impromptu... Aww. Aww. We were both, like, getting our shit fucked, but we were using, like, my laptop's mouse pad and... Like, oh, God. Yeah, that's yeah. not good. Yeah, no, <laughs> and we are like, I don't, I don't know if you can use a controller for this. And then I got, when I got home, I immediately popped the controller. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can. And I, I just need to start bringing my controller from when we get these... Everywhere. Buttons. Everywhere you go, yep. Yeah. But episode end? Sure, sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. go play yeah, some think portable so. games. Good. Yeah, Game Boy. Love it. <laughs> Good job, Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing you could take away from this episode. A a pat on the back 25 years too late. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Jesus. You listen to Press Pods Radio, episode 85. We are 15 away from that biggin. And um, our five-year anniversary is next month. Holy shit. shit. Yeah, we we will be doing Press Pods Radio for half a decade. Oh my god. Holy yeah. shit balls. Dude. Good time to call it quits, guys. What do you say? <laughs> Pack this thing up. Ah, I think it's about that time. <laughs> yeah, yep. Well, we've overstayed our welcome by about five years. <laughs> I would say about four years, eleven months, and three weeks too many. Mm, agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was all about it's that goddamn Mario episode, man. That's just what fucking killed it. As soon as we did that one, it was game over. I've been actually thinking about doing a play play on Super Mario Brothers three, and the Super Mario World and see which one's better. <laughs> I dude, it's obviously Mario three. Of course, we yeah we we we, uh, we should we'll revisit it now and see if, if that still holds ground. It yeah. does. It does. Just saying. <laughs> it, it totes does, sir, sir. And then and then and then totes afterwards we can recome we can go ahead and record commentary for the Adventures of Super Mario Brothers three cartoon. And sure. we can find a drinking game for that because there's a drinking oh, game everywhere. <laughs> God, I hate the fucking drinking games. I forgot we do that. I don't. I don't know what we'll do exactly this year, but it'll definitely be different considering it's our five year. We got to do some some, spe- some special guests. Yeah, I'm. I I got one in mind. We'll we'll have to talk. Yeah, I'm. I actually have one in mind too. Sweet. Um, but yeah, if you like what you listen to, you can uh, definitely subscribe to us on iTunes. And you can download all of our episodes automatically there. We can also uh, subscribe to us directly on our website at www.presspodradio.com. We are also uh, located on Stitcher Radio, Scatter Radio, and soon to be featured on Earwolf Radio. So we'll be on some major, major podcasting networks soon, which will be fucking rad. Uh, You can definitely find us there. 
on uh, all of those. All of those have uh, their respective applications that you can download for your respective smartphone device. And uh, either way, you can get you can fill us fill your ear holes with us like in in a numerous amount of ways. Uh, and then if you like what what's been plopped in your ear holes, you can definitely find us on on the uh, ensuing social networks. We're we're on Facebook. We're on the Twitters. We're uh, also uh, we've got forums that we'd like to peek in and out of. I think that's where James has been this entire time. Some peeking in and out of forums. Yeah, probably like posting about shoes and watches and some other dumb shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I actually got rid of all those spammers. Thank God, man, because they do that shit a lot. Yeah, I'm not gonna buy those Nikes. Stop posting about it, please. Um, but yeah, you can also. Uh, definitely, if you guys got any feedback, just uh, go ahead and uh, shoot it over to uh, our email at mailbag at pressbotradio.com, our voicemail at 469-PPR-TALK. You can, damn, dude, you guys can also just straight comment on our post as well as we, I mean, we've got, we've got the videos, you guys. We've got, we've got tons of play plays. I mean, just within the last couple of weeks, we've tossed some Mega Man Ultimate, uh, I'm sorry, Ultimate, I'm sorry, Mega Man Unlimited. Uh, Mirror Moon EP, Nuclear Throne, uh, fucking Strider, uh, Jesus man, we've got we've got plenty of play plays. We got oh Odin Sphere, we did Odin Sphere, and and then we just we even introduced uh, our very first episode of Press Pause Video, which uh, we'll be planning to do more of. It's it's a little bit rough, you know, it's our first time doing it, but it's oh man, it's only gonna get better. So there's so much going on. So basically what we're saying, you should totally subscribe to us on our YouTube at youtube.com slash the PPR broadcast. And finally, we also like to Twitch stream stuff too for Limelight. So me and Sarah, we've got we've got some streams coming up. Right, buddy? What, oh, we, yeah. what was the one? We just we just can't cross them. That's all. Ooh. No, never. No. Never cross mm. them. Mm. And then, yeah, we've got we've got some new blood coming to the site. So like there's there's a lot of excitement going on and uh, some features that I'll be posting soon. I'm actually just penning, basically finally penning up the versus feature that'll be up tonight. And uh, also um, talking about how I was late to the party on Bravely Default and why I like it. And uh, yeah, Yeah, and then there's Life Through the Pixel Class. And of course, we've uh, got our reviews. I mean, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, hated it. Sarah loved his duck. Yeah, I know. Read why. Uh, Ducks 1.5. collector's edition just hit the site recently and he also reviewed for us edf 2025 and uh, andrew we like i said we me and andrew co-wrote the uh well mostly andrew he did almost all the work uh the wolf among us episode three the crooked mile and we're gonna be getting ready for a games club on that the moment the right after we finished episode five so her tradition yes her tradition that's gonna be our next games club that we've got scheduled man we got some shit we do, absolutely. And I'm sure there's probably some other stuff going on uh, over Sayers Way. Um, uh, you kind of mentioned some of the stuff you got going on, but um, anything else that you got in the works? Episode 100 is only two episodes away in Bullet Heaven. Countdown. Ooh. And uh, it's going to be pretty epic. I'm sure uh, fans of the genre will love what's coming up, and people curious will be able to see something excessively rare. On the show. Yeah. Uh, well, which is there. Also, buy my music. I need to buy new shit. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Always with the music. Um, and you should. Mm. The, the Squared's original soundtrack is available for download for just two bucks. Mm-hmm. It's actually it's pretty catchy too. I dig it. I would recommend also if you guys really want to buy the albums and download the Bandcamp app, and you got that shit mobile. You got that wherever you go. I, that's what I do for all of Sayers' albums. It's I, uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I also, if I can take this time for anybody who's been uh, all the new followers on Twitter as well. Which, by the way, you can not only follow all of us, respectively, at our individual Twitters, but uh, also the Press Pods Radio, at Press Pods Radio. Uh, thank you guys so much for taking the cause and helping out our friends at Unwinnable. Uh, definitely, their Kickstarter campaign was super sweet, and I'm, and I'm glad to see that they got funded. So, thank you guys to uh, everybody that took on the recommendations. And uh, other than that, be sure to also check out our buddies at Twinfinite uh, with their new stuff that they're doing with Gaming Happens. But, yeah, I think that's a wrap. Cool, cool. We'll jump well, back in on the next episode, and until then, uh, I'm going to go... Are you ending the episode? You do it. I oh, God, no. Like this is terrible. It. Now I'm nervous. Now you fucked it up. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm off. See what you've done? Fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm instantly off this call now. <laughs> you're so close. You almost had me. You tried tricking me. I know that's what you're doing. Mm, you're so I'm a close. bitch. Well, this is oh, George... God, that's creepy. Yeah, I know. Um, Georgie Boy's Axe. Yeah, um, toast. I'm masturbating for some reason. Oh, <laughs> creep. You were a creep and a liar. And the, uh, this is the original Sarah. I've got to go to sleep with that image in my mind. Oh, man, that'll be a sexy dream. Enjoy that. Fuck. Ooh, ooh. <laughs>